Best albums. Greatest. Greatest. Albums of this dimension. Of this dimension, that's still what it is. Yeah, uh, we haven't changed much. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Uh, we're back. Uh, life gets in the way, and, you know, you drink... Uh, White Russians. White Russians, and next thing you know, you're doing a podcast. Well, life got in the way, but we're going to tell a lie until why we're playing it, uh, these albums today. Uh, we're doing two albums, yep. but right now, obviously, you're listening to Alice in Chains. Well, no, obviously, maybe you don't know. Alice in Chains. Um, we live in Southern California. We postponed doing any progress until it was cloudy and yeah. rainy out. And if we you do know it anything about Southern California is it doesn't happen that often. Ever. But right now... Looking outside, mm-hmm. very dark. Yeah, I was just outside grabbing some stuff. And Drizzly. the rain. And how appropriate to be doing uh, Alice in Chains' uh, 1992 album, Dirt, today. It's, it just seems fitting. Yeah. Um, you know, if it was brightest, you know, we can always, we don't have to always be chameleons with our moods and music we listen to, but uh, it's a perfect uh, marriage today. And we are bringing heavy music back to the podcast yeah bringing dark and uh, heavy i don't think we've gone this heavy and this dark we've done tool yeah, oh yeah our sorry yeah, that's right we, we have done tool and deftones it's been a while um different different uh bands um for one uh but yeah we're we're, we're going back to uh some heavy sharing here. I, I, yeah and i guess it's more the you know we we even joke joke about songs being about heroin and 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 that kind of dark well this is the closest oh, yeah. we're gonna get to this is literally about yeah. most of these songs are about that and and even we do doing black sabbath it's very these are very drug oriented yeah albums. our uh, our purpose of doing these two was more you know sound wise and just kind of uh albums that could fit together you know in tandem and reason for that was just because of the heavy music riff oriented yeah you know big uh, production that that type of thing but the drug uh aspect is angles ginormous for both of these albums yeah um dirt was uh if you know the history we can get into start getting into the history about yeah. some chains a little bit uh it, drugs are uh, the rise and fall of, uh, of awesome chains yeah it kind of like uh for how big they got and i guess maybe it's a story for a lot of bands is they weren't really around a long time they're mm-hmm. back now but mm-hmm. that initial kind of blow up they were part of the whole seattle explosion um and they were before they were one of the first ones it was them and soundgarden that were the the kind of catalyst to that whole thing yeah the allison trains got together 80s. kind of more officially like 86 87 so yeah. you know tail end of the 80s um same thing with soundgarden yeah mm-hmm. and and like you said the the sort of beginning boom of, of grunge, yeah, specifically Seattle grunge, and, uh, you know, so you think about where, 1987, where we're, well, where we're kind of setting the beginning of Alice in Chains, and this is the third album? Second studio, second full album, third, yeah, they had an EP, yeah. Sap, which is only four songs. Okay, so second album, so we're still kind of at the beginning here, and, uh, hair metal, and, you know, Guns N' Roses, and, uh, Very huge. Yeah, absolutely huge. Dominating. And the more I listen to House of Chains, the more like those influences are definitely there. Yeah. But they took a lot of the just cheese yeah. out of hair metal and glam hair metal especially. Yeah. They're just like grunge. We're grunge dudes, but we're still kind of playing that music. We're just taking the 
bullshit aesthetic theatrics out of hair metal. Yeah. And making our own new thing. And the cheesy production of the 80s. Yeah. That started, they, I think they were starting to hear that that just sounded, that was getting very dated. Um, and, you know, uh, I think a lot of people are surprised when they, they see old footage of Lane Staley, or uh, Lane Staley's the lead singer. Jerry Cantrell's the he pretty much writes most of the music and a lot of lyrics which is kind of cool which is another thing I love about this band is that it's two writers mm-hmm. um, and there's Lane Staley is the main singer and he's got an amazing voice but it's cool they have this like you don't hear it much especially um, in heavy music and why I, I they're one of my favorite bands for like the heavy scene is they actually sing melodies and oh, and they and they Melodically sing together. Yeah, in the same way that uh, that uh, more or less Soundgarden does and Chris Cornell. Yeah. Um, and, th- and, and that's kind of where I, where I hear the uh, the hair metal more or less coming in because ha- give it you know say what you want about hair metal. Yeah. The singing is usually like fucking. Yeah, that's really really, it, it was more focused on the singing than more that like ah, yeah. that yeah. high pitched kind of squealy. It, well, and, when, and Lane Staley's definitely got that like uh, stereo. Typical, you know, now, well, now, uh, sort of mimicked, uh, it most likely, so yeah, that kind of drawl or whatever it Bear is. Tony. But, but he, but they were the ones yeah, that exactly. thought started of it, it yeah. started it. And, uh, for my money, like Lane Staley's, and obviously the different voices, but he does it very perfectly, he doesn't overdo the draw. The, that he's not really faking his yeah. but I believe this is the way he sings. He sings like a goddamn pimp. Yeah, they're like, um, not, and not that all those bands have to be put together, but it just happens. Yeah. It's just they all came out of this ridiculous explosion that pretty much dominated America for a while. And him and Kurt Cobain have a very similar kind of like, that tortured sound coming out of him. Yeah. But he does it in more of a, really can sing, uh, Oh, for like sure. He can carry notes, and he does the vibrato, that kind of singing. I think people sort of naturally, uh, more or less, put like uh, Nirvana and Pearl Jam together. Yeah, but because they were I, the okay, rocket ship. Yeah, but to, like as far as sound goes, or like where you're like, okay, I would say Alice in Chains and Nirvana. Yeah, or a lot more, you know, similar where. And only really in like the singing kind of sense, yeah. some of the sounds. But yeah. other than that, they're all four of those guys are the big four. They're people want to put them together, but it's like they're their spectrum of what they're, they're yeah. all doing. They're all doing their own thing, yeah. you know. But just voice-wise, I always kind of heard uh, some. Even when you hear them interviewed, they both kind of have that whatever that Seattle accent is. Seattle slacker. Uh, yeah, yeah, it just kind of draws off, and just it's a, yeah. Um, well. Lay Stanley actually was in another band and a funk band, like what we're kind of talking about. You know, at that time, uh, Jane's Addiction and Chili Peppers were the, those were the bands, especially out in LA and California. And everyone, just like any any type of movement, it's funny because you're saying then everyone ended up copying their sound that they found out and that mm-hmm. became watered down. A lot of bands in the late 80s that were trying to do, if they weren't doing the cheesy uh, ballads or you know hair metal they were trying to do funk metal and that was even worse watered yeah. down the only two bands that I'm sure there's other ones like Fishbone's really good but the two like big bands of James Addiction and Chili Peppers they owned that funk metal mm-hmm. anyone else who tried to do that it's white guys <sighs> trying to do white guys trying to do funk yeah, yeah. and it, that usually never works out that well but Lane Stanley really was into that like music and you, you look at pictures of that time he's got the long dreads got the hippie g- gear on 
um, Jerry Cantrell was starting a new band, and he he heard Lane Sailing was just like we that guy has to be in our band. That has to be our singer. Didn't um, even really have a set role for him. It was just like whatever that he, dude's got. Yeah, I want. Yeah, he's gonna he's got something that no one else around here has. Yeah. Um, but Lane Stanley wasn't really interested. He was doing this funk side side project, which was called. He had a a, a band, Allison Chains, um, and it was a joke kind of band where they would dress in drag and play heavy metal as a joke. So he it was it was kind of weird that he wanted to keep pursuing that, even though it sounded like it wasn't a serious mm-hmm. endeavor. Yeah, and I'm sure there's fear in that. Like, well, now it's time to get serious. Like. We can't hide behind, can't hide behind the, uh, the drag outfits and like, oh no, this is all tongue-in-cheek, yeah. this is a joke. And you're 20 yeah. and you're like, whatever. Yeah. And it's like, uh, time, to, time to step up and see if you can write some, uh, some big boy songs. And, and the whole kind of hair metal, it, out of all the, the big four bands, they're the one that you can see that trajectory of, of that change from that like hair metal kind of cheesy sound on Facelift, their first album. Mm-hmm. It's a good album. But it's not at all like dirt, and it, it the first half of it kind of sounds di- like dirt, and then it goes a little more into that funky, kind of cheesy sound. It's not even that cheesy; it's just the production's so eighties. Yeah, just, we have the the kind of big, big uh, reverby drums. Big reverby drums. Yeah. The wah, I don't know if it's a wah. Yeah. I'm sure it's a wah. The and, guitar just sounds kind of weak. Yeah. And 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 at the end of the day, just not great. Songs with great melodies, a great chord, like the the cliche shit. A great song, just they did. They, they were good didn't songs. Always have the the, the vocal, the just the great. Oh singing, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. But well, that's that's one of that's definitely their highlight is is the harmonized singing. Um, so that album blew up when they had the uh, the big hit. What is the? I'm, I'm crashing on the name of the their first song, "Man in the Box." Mm-hmm. Um, so they knew they had to kind of follow up with. That you know, you could see that at, after Facelift came out, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, everything blew up. That all all media was looking at Seattle. This is their shot to like write their big album, their classic album. Um, they did throw in the the second EP that we were talking about, which makes it you know officially this is their second studio album. But there was an album Sap, and they called it Sap because it's sappy and it's mellow. But it actually shows that there. George and I were talking about this before sets them apart from heavy bands besides not even really being it's it's funny to call them heavy metal because they don't they're not heavy metal like you would think not the the that kind of shit at all i mean you knowing in retrospect knowing that you know they're sort of the godfathers of grunge it's no it's grungy for sure yeah it's it's which grunge incorporates the different a bunch of different yeah uh, rock yeah and, and metal and metal yeah. and yeah it's got aspects of it but I, I just if you put a mix of actually real heavy metal and then you put them on it in the mix it would just sound weird it wouldn't flow with all the rest of the stuff yeah so they're we're like right around sap now yeah so they did sap and sap blew up it did it was kind of just the thing they wanted to throw out there I, I think Jared Kendrell said he was just gonna uh, he had a dream about it I'm just gonna put out this little EP and it's kind of more mellow and just kind of pretty songs and that shows just another side of them that they're not all about just playing heavy music just for the shit of it they mm-hmm. they would just want to write good songs uh hit any spectrum they they like they're open to their influences are vast you know it's not they're not just a one trick pony i guess is what i'm trying to get get, get to but at this time um they're out on tour and then you know you start having fun. you're fucking 21 
stopped doing drugs, and uh, they all pretty much got their own little drug issues going into dirt. Mm-hmm. They, got, they, they really didn't even uh, waste their time getting started with the uh, the rock star behavior. No, they went all into they Yeah, they said those couple years were the the epitome of the the cliche rock star life. Um, so you got Lane Staley. He's got he's on heroin. Uh, he's in and out of rehab. Jerry Cantrell just lost his mother. Um, he's dealing with some clinical depression and issues with drinking and then um, Mike Starr who was the bassist um, and Mikey Nez two Mikes were alcoholics at the time they had alcohol issues that was always the that was always the common denominator yeah I'm sure I'm sure the drinking was yeah yeah. I think even uh, one of them had a an interview later where they were just saying like oh yeah you know there was coke and there was heroin and all that shit but uh, at the end of the day it was the booze that yeah. was it's hold, a, holding the glue together yeah it's a it'll <laughs> it'll keep you going yeah um and Mike Starr um he actually this was his last album with them this is the last album before they split up with Mike Starr they get Mikey Nez or uh mm-hmm. Mikey Nez in the band oh I'm sorry Sean Kenny's the drummer I fucked that up um, Mikey Nez would become the second bassist. Comes in later, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Sean Kenny's vital sound to them, the drummer. He's and in, in, in this album he really shines. He does a whole bunch of kind of tribal uh, tom drumming on this. Um, just knows how to play that laid back heavy drum that's just needed for this sound. Uh, so he's kind of a vital vital person for Alice in Chains. Yeah, the sort of sludge, the, the, the grungy sludge yeah. sound uh, definitely comes in his into in his drama then but the you know make no mistake about it that this band is tight yes yeah they that's the thing I think Bass, with this drums guitar singing I mean they, they yeah they, ha- they have it all they went on tour uh, went on a world tour for two years so they got that under their belt They and they and they were touring with Slayer and they said it was terrible because when you go see Slayer only people care about a Slayer like no yeah. one's coming to see any other band. So yeah. they said the whole time they're playing, people throwing shit and just saying Slayer, Slayer, Slayer. <laughs> but they got their fucking their the road, dirt road, road miles, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, you can hear all of that. This culmination of the Seattle movement coming. They know this is their moment to shine. They they were actually in the movie Singles, um, which was Cameron Crowe, kind of helped explode that whole Seattle scene too. And they were just the the bar band. And they play the song Wood, which is the last song on this album. Um, and that was more just going to be a single, but it blew up. So they ended up throwing it and figuring out where it sequenced uh, best in the, on, on Dirt, which would be the final song. Um, so they're really at that point where they're they're tight touring. They're a really tight band. They got, they got a lot of drug issues, but they're ready to uh, put down. You know, they're trying to write their best album. I guess everyone's trying to write their best album, but... Not at not when all the lights are on. You're like, okay, Nirvana did this, Pearl Jam did this, Soundgarden did this. What do you guys got? Your and, turn. Yeah, your turn. Yeah, and and, uh, and what, what? So what they did was, and in, in, you know, with the, with the pressure of the other bands, is they were writing, the, they were writing new material as they were touring. It's just like, yeah. you know, we can't rest on our laurels for too long here. Uh, we got to put out some bangers. Um, and they were, yeah, basically on the bus and acoustic guitars and different shit like that. You know, and that, I don't want to make like it seem like oh they wrote it on the road. That's that's kind of yeah. There's no road songs or anything. Have, but you have to do that 
You know, it's not yeah. super. You, you, how many bands have the luxury of like, you know, okay, we'll take a four, we'll take a month, a year off, and then we'll all come back together and we'll you know start out from scratch. It's like no, like young and up and coming bands, which Austin Chains was at this time. Yeah, you know needed right on the road I don't, I don't even make it sound like it's some sort of you know, well a lot of it accomplishable feat and when you when you mean writing on the road they were writing it was more the music like the riffs and the and the kind of not really the, like the they weren't doing a lot of the lyric writing yet mm -hmm. it was more just like let's get the structure of this song so here's a cool riff mm -hmm. get the drum beat on that so they had these tight demos um going into 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 dirt and and one thing with this album and i'll straight up say this isn't uh a come in easy listening the exit album this is heavy mm -hmm. there, there's a quote i just listened to an interview this morning uh where jerry Cantrell, it's in that time and he's like i get it he's like this song this album it's heavy it, and not heavy in like uh well sound. yeah it is heavy yeah. in sound but like this is a lot to take it, you should be tired by the end as any great album should be, you know, <laughs> he's like, I get it. you're gonna be exhausted. There's a lot of emotions in it. There's moments that it, it, it's slow and slushy and dirty and dark and hard to listen to. Almost. Yeah, it's you're not you're not gonna put this on at a party, even though it it, it is kind of a good party album if you're gonna go dark. Yeah. But you know, if, if you're with ladies and they want to dance, I'm just, it's not really one for that. I don't really want to hear. It's uh, a good you know card playing. Yeah. Whiskey dudes, drinking, dudes, dude party, dude music, you know. <laughs> not, and not like bro dudes, like fucking all jumping in pools and fucking flip cup, but <laughs> different kind of bros, you I know, just know. like angry, like we're angry dudes, yeah. Fight, know? they yeah. fight later yeah. on in the night. They make up after. Uh, but well, well I, I just I'm, I'm trying to go where they they have some quotes here where this is Lane Stanley. We don't stuff our personal demons inside ourselves. We get them out. It's therapeutic. So this is therapy for them. Um, and I think Cantrell uh, says kind of the same thing. From our perspective, we see that there's a lot of dark things going on in the world. And and they were in L.A. when they were recording this, and while they were in the middle of recording, the L.A. riots broke out, so they had that kind of atmosphere going on. Yeah. And they, they ended up going down to, like, Joshua Tree, Tijuana, taking a break from all that because it was just chaos here. Um, we're not a big message band. We pretty much write for ourselves. But if there is something that we're scared about or we're feeling bad about, we put it in our music. Letting it letting it out gives you a little peace. I mean, that's therapy right there. Mm -hmm. um, you've dealt with it, and it's outside of you now. That's pretty much how it works out. So, they, they you know, they're in on it too. They know this is. They're letting out some darkness here. here here's all of our here baggage. it is. Yeah, here's our baggage. Hope you like it. It's going on with yeah. you guys. Yeah. Um, so it's it's. If they're not hiding. There's no. There's no. Uh, Nothing tugging cheek about that. Like it's straight up. Like nope. Yeah. No, we get it. No, this there's yeah. heroin addiction. There's breakups. Yeah. There's daddy issues. Suicidal there's fucking thoughts. suicidal thoughts. Yeah. It's all coming out, but in a very expressive. There are moments where it, it does get really dingy, but then there's these moments of just great harmonizing, good explosion, great choruses. So it it kind of is a roller coaster. It, of, it's it's emotional. Just even if you're not really listening to the music, you just hear you hear Lane Staley's just tortured growl yeah that and, snarl and just the big you know they're, they're, they're big productions here they've let they leave things open yeah um you know it's not all the no, time no that's why i don't i put them in that heavy metal thing yeah. is that just they're so spaced mm -hmm. out very much so and it's very psychedelic it's, it, it yeah and, well, and it just just because the the, the 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 sort of sonic landscape 
that they, they set up and, and with the guitars and, and, and bass and the, the instruments that they play um, it, it, it's it's dope it's just it's wide open for you yeah but still so tight and concise well the reason like i say psychedelic or or just so different from most heavy bands or just most bands is especially for this album um jared controls i don't know if he's he's definitely underrated as a guitarist he yeah. the solos on this album are great but him and the wah on this album everything's wah so it's got everything's kind of bending and warping all the riffs got to like wow so it's got this wavy psychedelic feel for even really heavy music and i think that kind of brings them to the direct lineage of black sabbath of that kind of oh for sure harmonized singing over these huge riffs but black sabbath was great at spacing too they weren't just bludgeon 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 i mean so. they, they were they did at they that did time it really well but yeah the the and it's, it's no other really real way to describe it, but it, the openness of the, of the songs. Yeah. You know, they kind of just nap, they kind of just flow. Yeah. They're, as any good or any good piece of music, I I feel like if you're not forcing it, I'd probably say this over and over again, but when you're riding the wave, when you feel like everyone's riding it and the singer's jumping on that wave of music, mm-hmm. then it's it's just it sounds like it's been always been there and it's good. If, if some singer's trying to show off on a piece of music, you, you can just hear that contradiction of just like, oh, they want to show off their vocals, or they're, obviously they're not listening to the real s- song, or the bass, or you just hear a drum track, and you're like, the drum, the drum is kind of phoned in, like there's, he could have made this a lot more experimental. Mm-hmm. I feel like they all sh- shined really well on this album. Yes, By Jerry Cantrell's uh, wah he's guitars. The, yeah, and... It's as tough. musically for sure it's like it's the the, the two sort of main uh, musical you know uh, cornerstones of, yeah. of this album and, and Alice in Chains kind of as a whole is uh, Staley's singing and, and Control's guitar yeah it's and, that classic duo and the way they both even if they're you know okay singing is the main focus it's not like okay uh like it's not outshining everything else. No, well, the no, guitar is no. not shining everything else. They're all working together. Yeah, you know, you kind of take one element out, and it would it would be lacking. And it's obvious, but just the way it's it'd be a motherfucker to sing over, over music like this. They'd be what? It'd be a motherfucker to sing over over music like this. Yeah, and like here you go, here's a piece of music. Try yeah. to sing, and and you would naturally probably just want to like ride on the on the beat or whatever. But he they he just. Staley just finds his place. Now was that like, the influence of heroin? <laughs> there, there was uh, because of heroin. Um, well, oh, here's another just quick little Jerry Cantrell quote about Lane Staley. He has the most beautiful way of saying something horrible I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Um, and 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 again, I'm just not glorifying it, but this was a dark. They, they were working with Dave Jordan, Jordan again. Uh, who produced their first Jordan. album. Um, and Jordan and Staley were having a lot of issues. And there was some quote about, I'm not here to be Staley's friend, I'm here to be a producer. Because there were moments where he's shooting up in the in the studio. Yeah. Just, it's a good uh, drum track. Oh, there's, he's shooting and... Uh, yeah, and, and, and again, we haven't mentioned it throughout the podcast, but there's, there's times where they were like, 
having intermissions in the show to go shoot. Not even intermissions, just like, oh, okay, like, we just finished that song, then we go off stage for a second and, and go shoot up. Yeah, it, it was really bad. It was pretty brutal. And it, like, during, just... during shows, not like some bands, like some guy needs a cigarette and he'll, like, just light up a cigarette yeah. and, and, you know, continue to play bass. They're doing heroin yeah. on the side of the stage. Um... <laughs> Fun times in Babylon. I need to smoke marijuana on the side of the stage. Oh, I don't know what it'll do. Hey, there was some marijuana used to, all right? Yeah, yeah. See what happens, sure kids? See what happens, <laughs> kids? You do marijuana, you're shooting up the next moment. Performing, uh, uh, performing your uh, platinum gold uh, records for your fans. So, yeah, they're down in L.A., working with Dave Jordan again. Um, and they're they're going for it here. Um, they, they There's also a couple songs, or Jerry Cantrell, uh, Mother Love Bone, singer Andrew Wood died and he was good friends with him and that's where Temple of the Dog came out of um, so that that just happened as well so he's got that just lost a good friend of his um, yeah I think we can just uh, we, we already talked about the name uh, it was originally Alice N just the letter N chains with the Z at the end and I'm I'm just happy they changed that so two chains they could have changed it <laughs> Eyebrows? <laughs> changed. Yeah, they did. They changed it. They changed it. Uh, oh. Which is good. Alice in Chains. It's just, I remember as a kid hearing yeah. that name and then uh, my dad's first, yeah, first cousin, uh, my, who's, I guess, my cousin uh, Daniel, he would play like Slayer and Alice in Chains and all that shit. And I remember, and as like a young church Christian boy, I remember hearing Alice in Chains and just being like, this is like, this is heavy, man. Like, yeah. This is this is more my style than than, than Slayer was, and just the name House and Chains. I, I yeah. was just like always thinking, like, been a, a fan. A, a little girl and like Chains and like rap. She's like in hell or something. Like it just it it puts a it puts an image in your head right away. And whatever it is, it's not it's, it's never pretty. Yeah, they already they put themselves on a corner with a name like mm-hmm. that. Absolutely, there's no like shiny happy <laughs> people. Here's Allison Chains. You know it's. It's gonna go dark, and that's that's pretty funny. That I'm glad you mentioned like your kind of first interpretation of it. Um, I knew Man in the Box, but it just was kind of just I was only ten when that <laughs> came out. But then Wood came out, and I was just I really liked that song. I was eleven or twelve, and it just hit me. And at that time, this is how fucking old I am. I bought this album. This is one of the first kind of big purchases I had. I bought some CDs before, but this was like my first like time I bought a whole bunch of music. I did the BMG service, 12 CDs for a penny, which isn't the, what it is. Mm-hmm. It's ended up, that was the deal. Yeah. yeah. So as a kid, I, I mean, I, I think I bullshitted my way through. I thought I was like, oh, I don't have to pay a penny. You end up paying like 30 bucks, but when you're fucking 12, that's like daunting. And yeah. you're like, fuck, I just mm-hmm. got myself in a lot of trouble here. But I did, I bought that. I don't even remember the other. I, I, I wrote them down somewhere. It doesn't matter right now, but that was one of the albums. And that was the album out of all of them. I think that was my favorite. Um, just I got the cover, and it's got this woman sinking into, or is she dissolving dirt. into dirt. It's a great album cover. Yeah. It's just like it that color of it, that red the whole time. And you're out in the desert, um, and yeah, you got this woman dissolving into the ground. Is she dead? Yeah, and the Alice in Chains like mainstay, and like it looks like it's written in blood. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's got the dot of the blood eye. Yeah. It's kind of fading away, and then the solid dirt looking underneath that. I just, I was kind of fascinated by that, and the music was nothing I've ever heard before. 
Um, and I do even remember during the song Rooster, I would, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe I was too old to be doing this. I was probably 12, but I had had little, I still had like GI Joes and shit. And I would do like reenacting like war. Yeah. And like during the court, I probably should tell this during that song, but like during like, he ain't gonna, during the big chorus, like that's when the explosions would happen and like big war would go, buddy, no. Yeah. I was listening to it on the way here and like I, before I realized it, my car was driving like 82 miles an hour. Yeah, but slow down every <laughs> Especially the beginning of this album. When that's oh, yeah. what that's what we'll get into. Yeah, yeah. This this album starts off just with some bangers, which weren't oh no, actually the first song was one of their singles, that's right. Um Oh, mm-hmm. and, and one just another if we really want to get in the vibe of this. So imagine this album, it's already dark, there's drug problems, there's um oh and one other kind of light note I'd like to give Allison Chains is as far as all this darkness, they're actually a pretty funny, jokey band. If you go back um, and watch their interviews oh, yeah. in that time. There's one interview on MTV where they're at a, a, a water park and they all got the little kid fucking floaties mm-hmm. on and they got like stupid little child shit and they're all just joking around having being a bunch of dorks. Yeah. And then there's another one where they they rented like a mansion in Bel Air. It probably was this one. They they rent. Oh no, that's uh, sorry, that's Black Sabbath. But they they did just like every big band in the '90s. They rented a house that they all got to stay at. And they all come downstairs and they're all wearing the fucking smoke, like... Smoking jackets. Smoking jackets. And they all got cigars and they're all acting like higher than like, welcome to our palace. So just being dorks. Like, they're not like hilariously funny, but they're just being retards. And yeah. that's, they were always jokey guys with a lot of dark issues. So they, it wasn't just those mopey guys, like their arms crossed and like, welcome. Hey, hit their hair. No, they're always just, face. all the interviews, Lane Stanley's hilarious. Yeah. He's just kind of joking about life. You know, like I, they don't, they, I, I just don't, I think they get too pigeonholed in the darkness because this album is would definitely give you that impression that they're just guys that sit in a corner and don't even talk to anyone and they hate life. They write music in dark rooms. They're not. They just like heavy dark music and yeah. that brings out weird, the, the, the dark shit that no one wants to talk about. It's therapy. This Look at it like this. It's This is an album that you would only tell your therapist. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like you all, we all have that dark shit. You just don't tell anyone. You all, you put on that nice little front and hey, Jibbity Joe. Or you write, uh, Jibbity you know, Joe. Jibbity fucking Joe. <laughs> or you write a 13 song album and put your, uh, put all your, uh, darkness and energy into it. That and takes a lot of balls. To go to your point about, like, funny bands, I, I always love those bands where they're good interviewers. Yeah. You know, Tool. Like as Oasis well. Tool. Um, Oasis Nirvana is amazing. Was, uh, Beatles were great. Oh. Uh, just, like, funny. Yeah. Didn't take themselves too seriously. Well, because they, they know who they are. During they know their the during their job, they're taking seriously. Yeah. And outside of it, yeah. yeah. And it's like, what are you what are you going to interview us about? Like, I, I'm sure after a point, being interviewed about your art is has just got to be so fucking. And, and especially with yeah, music we too. This, we it, yeah, music's tough to interview about because like, how do you really talk about sound? Like, this is why I got this sound. You don't know why it just sounded cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds dumb, like it sounded cool. Like really, that's all you have to say. It's like yeah. so. The song "Junkhead." Would you say that that's about heroin? What do you want to say? Yeah, yeah. And it, and it can't then be easy. so it, well, I, those bands that do make you know fuck with the interviewers, and, like I always appreciate that. Yeah, it's just like all right, fun. It, I, I don't even want to hear about my favorite band about how they necessarily made the new. One. No, I just want to hear their kind of their. I, I'd like to hear bands kind of view on life, just overall, mm-hmm. not for that particular song mm-hmm. just how they are as a human being that's interesting and and I think even Lane Staley said something about that like I'm not gonna talk about this because I have mo- my mom and my family that 
they get horrified. They, they already, they're dealing, like we all forget that they have to deal with the drug addict yeah. son. Yeah. Um, and you're glorifying and talking about this. Like, I don't, it's in the music. Just listen to the fucking song. And, and the thing that they definitely didn't want to do was to glorify the drug use. I am, I totally agree, but they, he, he, they he, he, tri- me. he they tried to turn me. it into like this. This album's more about a warning, and I, I'll, you can see that this there is a concept to this album a mm-hmm. little bit, but some of the songs are straight up glorifying it. Like fuck yeah, I remember being young and be like hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, okay, then you but do, that was me interpreting wrong. Maybe you do the disclaimer afterwards. Like by the way. Yeah, one people doing heroin. Well, there shows. there was one song where, and we'll get it to her, where he was like, "I wrote this as like an anthem to drug use," and then later, I it was more like a warning to it, because yeah. he had fans coming up looking at him, shaking his hand, going, "Hey, I'm high right now," and he's just like, "Fuck, yeah. like, god That's damn not, it." That would suck. It's like you and me together now, you know. Um, but yeah, the, the the first half is more Cantrell heavy uh, lyric written songs, mm-hmm. and then. Right after Rooster, it goes into Junkhead, and and for the next like four or five songs, they're all Staley written songs, and that gets that would call that would be call our heroin medley. So um, we'll we'll jump into the album, and it's funny. I was just about I was about to bring this up, and then we went on this tangent again. Yeah. Yeah. This tangent on tangents, but uh, kind of just. If you're thinking of this album, or if you really want to listen to this album, you don't have to do this, obviously. I've never even done it myself. But uh, when they kind of set up the whole studio, they would have like the, the carpets all laid out, lights down. Um, and then the actual recording booth where Staley was, he would uh, just have a whole bunch of candles lit up. And he had a picture of the Last Supper. And then a, a dead puppy in a jar, a picture of a dead puppy in a jar. And then he got in his fucking zone, little... All right, that's little, all I needed. Little... <laughs> Little uh, Maxwell Silverhammer down the bay. Little Maxwell Silverhammer, <laughs> and away we go. So, uh, yeah, away, off we go with um, just a banger and uh, them bones. Yeah. their most metal this song. This is the, the most metal song. Yeah. yeah. We're going to make this song. I got a bunch of assholes on some things. So no, uh, no kind of like 
intro, no kind of uh, slow like build up, just ah! yeah, literally screaming. Uh, and 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 I wrote down Vox over that song, and I do this for a lot of songs. Lane Staley likes to do little weird, not weird, but just vocal. Besides the verses singing, he does these, and I'll point them out. But this is the first one. Just the ah, like there was no re- you didn't have to do that, and it's fucking great. Welcome to the album, motherfuckers. And and it's great on this song. So we got them bones, which if you listen to the lyrics at all are dark, but they're I think they're hilarious, and I love them. Um, and I'll I'll give it to Jerry Cantrell, the man who wrote the song. Uh, quote: I was just thinking about mortality. That one of these days will end up a pile of bones. It's a thought for every human being, whether you believe in an afterlife or that when we die, that's it. The thought that all the beautiful things and knowledge and experiences you've been through just end when you end scares me. The thought that when you close your eyes for good, it's gone forever. Yeah, ah! that's light. <laughs> so you got him screaming ah! like shit. <laughs> this is fucking scary. That's just the natural reaction you have, especially the same. If like someone that. just read you that and you're tripping, ah, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah, the, so. Uh, the first like five or six out, uh, songs on the record is definitely like the album cover. And then when they the album start, but the album cover, they're, they're almost like all seem like they're describing different parts of the album because we got the girl laying down in the dirt we got them bones it's, it's very yeah like, yeah uh, and don't they sing about uh, dust rise over my time yep. you know yep. that's got the desert kind of feel to it um ashes to ashes dust to dust I mean I the chorus is I feel so alone gonna end up a big old pile of them bones that's aren't we all but I, I that's uh, such a great yeah. beautiful chorus hell of a way to start a record it's in 7 8 uh, time. So if you're dun, 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 like if you try to follow that snare, it's not it's off. And 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 it it makes that riff that ascending riff that so they got that like kind of metally sludge and then when the verse comes it's the same verse but it's opened up so it's like and then it's so it's the same verse, but they just expanded it open. Kind of what you were talking about. We get they gave it more space. Great solo, and one of his first. Yeah, it's got it's its own lyricist. It's one of those solos where it's not just a guy playing guitar. It's like, oh shit, this is legit, beautiful solo. Yeah, and just it's a two two minute thirty second song. Uh, yeah, it comes in quick. Welcome, welcome to the album. And it, you know, it doesn't. Uh, it, 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 it is a great kind of intro to the album. It, yeah. I, you know, there's not, yeah, there is a bit of a concept behind this album, but it's not one of those, you know, no, listen, to, no. listen to it in order. It's not like a speech, like, someday we'll be gone from this earth, and then we'll, you know, like some, like, ends and then you start yeah, yeah, it's just like, boom, explosion it's not, it's to not life. A, not a gorilla's record. No, it's not Pink Floyd. Yeah. Uh, I called it a bulldozing riff. It just keeps coming, it's like a wave keeps coming over you. Um, and I also think of the, the the riff as like death chasing you. You know, he's just screaming and just behind him is da, 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 da. death is just always right behind you. You're like motherfucker. Um, and I wrote could be old time uh, could be an old time blues like like a black guy if you kind of sitting like I believe them bones me some say. We're born into the grave. You know, it's got an old time blues, blues song there. Yeah. I mean, it's a weird 7 8 timing, too. Yeah. 
And, uh, yeah, and what is it, two minutes and 30-something? It's fucking quick. And it, it was a single. I don't remember this really being... Really being a big song and who gives a fuck but it's just I'm surprised because it is a banger of a, of a tune but maybe it's just too metally for mainstream I mean and then you consider the rest of, why wasn't it a single or why wasn't it a hit compared just to the other about ones. the rest of the, the, yeah. Rest of the album too. yeah we're all ready to go how this is the song no is, but they, this song they, is so sick they did release it as a single it did it just I, didn't specifically like why was it it, it wasn't yeah. the, one of the bigger ones on the record I can see most people just listening to me and being like, it's it's pretty dark. This isn't, and, and not only that, this isn't uh, the more vintage Alice in Chains song. This no. Is a little, this is a lot more reminiscent of the hair metal, yeah. metal, That's true. glam metal, especially yeah. with that fucking, that, this guitar right here. Yeah. That second one that jumps yeah. in, and then the... And then you got the di- other guitar dipping down the wah. Yeah, the two guitar combos on 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 this record. Yeah, are it's, fucking sick. it's a man. I don't know how old he was. He was probably only twenty six, but he's he's master of of that wah guitar. Yeah. And and another thing with like funk guitar or funk bands, white funk bands can go bad. Wah guitar playing can go really bad too. This man has that under control. You know, he makes it speak. A wah guitar should almost sound like another another voice and. It clearly shows it there. Um, what a fucking great way to start an album. And and they, they're not and another thing. They don't come late. It's I feel so alone. I'm gonna end up in a big old pile of bones. Yep. Have a good day, everybody. Next song. Yeah, welcome. Yeah, welcome. Enjoy. Welcome to Alice in Chains. <laughs> welcome to Alice in Chains. I'll take your order. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it doesn't stop. You know, it be this is definitely the heavy one, but they don't necessarily no. bring it down. They go, down they go about three songs pretty heavy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, we're not into the heroin. Are we into the heroin medley? No, I'm not. I'm not going heroin. No, oh, no, no. Oh yet. yeah, yeah, yeah. De- definitely not yet. No, I don't yeah. see any heroin yet. No, we're clear heroin. We're just normal people thinking about life. It's about death. Maybe guys on heroin <laughs> think about this too. Well, actually, that's probably why they're doing a lot of heroin. This is like universe, exactly. Got to cope with the uh, the fact that one day we'll all be. And and I don't know if it. I guess it is just getting older, but I definitely think about it more and more. I like I, my nights are harder now as an older man than they were younger. Thinking about death, because it it's life is going much quicker than I thought it could. Like Despite years. Despite everybody telling you always. I know, because you have as anything like you always have to experience it yourself. And I just can't believe how quick years are going by now. It's it's not cool. Um, so this isn't that whole like yeah this is when you're 18 and uh, no I relate to this shit mm-hmm. up to this very fucking day. Mm-hmm. If you don't, well then you got your shit figured out and hallelujah to you. Welcome. Yeah. Having a, a good job. Yeah, good job. <laughs> Whatever you did. Congratulations. Parrot. I've accepted it, but I'm paranoid as fuck of it. It's fucking... Come on. You don't know what's happening after this. Come on. Yeah. I'm being Bill Burr here. Come on. Just know that, you know, if you're alone, and one day, you'll be a big old pile of <laughs> <laughs> And that there... See, I, I like to think that I take comfort in that. Because, I do too. Because... And not, not to say, like, oh, well, I'm looking death right in the fucking face. And, yeah, and I ain't oh, scared, well, bitch. I can't wait to be a big old pile of bones. I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to sound like a Mr. Mr. Uh, fucking, you know... Tough guy. Enlightened. Um, but there is... I've taken the, enough acid that this is no big deal. I'm on a higher plane. Uh, <laughs> there, there is... I could 
definite comfort in knowing, like, no matter what I do, no matter what I do, I'm gonna be a fucking pilot. Yeah, no matter what health diet you do, no matter enlightened books you read, no matter how much meditation, no matter if you go out to a six-month retreat, no matter how much acid you fucking feed your head. How much money you have. How much money you have. Yeah, you could be rich as fuck. And there's there's a whole movement of, uh, I was just reading The New Yorker about these, the really rich tech guys who are just throwing money into this. They, everyone's scared. The, the reason they do this, they do not want to die. Mm-hmm. There are six-year-old guys that have billions of dollars and like, so what am I going to do with all this money? I could live forever with this shit. Let me live forever. Uh, specifically putting money into uh, oh, million, tech and, uh, hundreds of millions of dollars into it. Longevity. We're all figure it out. Figure it out. And and it's the what, when you say it's comforting, I think it's comforting because it's from Jesus, from fucking the first the first Anybody monkey, the first monkey that all of a sudden was like, I want to die. Yeah. Up until right now, George and I talking, mm-hmm. we're all gone through that same thing. Mm-hmm. You could have had the shittiest life. You could have well, actually kids who died, then they never thought about. It, so yeah. good, good on them. Yeah. Uh, you got lucky. Any adult, <laughs> I don't know, anyone that just is all of a sudden aware of it, welcome to the club. Mm-hmm. And anybody, that's how I... And that's why we're neurotic. That's exactly, that's my defense. Uh, not defense, For everyone? Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. And like, oh, what a piece of shit. And it's just like, man. He's scared to die. He's going to die. And he's trying to deal with it the best he knows how. Whether or not, I'm not saying that people are always excused, but... Just nobody, no, anybody, everybody in the history of ever knows exactly as much as you do what happens when we die. Yeah. Ever. Ever. In the history of ever, Jesus, Plato, fucking John Lennon, fucking <laughs> Credit Scott King, which uh, might still be alive, but I mean, Einstein, everybody ever. Yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, On the same boat. Every, the homeless guy you just walked over. Yeah. You know why he's probably homeless? Because he was like, I'm going to die, and I don't want to work anymore. I want to be out in the sun. He's probably a drug addict, too. Let's not put that past him. But he's probably just like, I just want to be out in the sun, try to get a couple bucks, eat. Yeah. I'm going to die. We're going to end up what, in the same what, place, yeah. dude. What does it fucking matter? People say that's, well, you should not. What, no, you, you're the one denying it if you don't agree with that statement. And that's why these tech guys are putting their billions in there, because despite their... And, but, this, but I'm going to tell you, dude, despite their fucking best efforts, they're going to be a pile of bones. Yeah, I mean, maybe no we'll live what, a little longer. Yeah, that's the whole best we can The only thing for. is you can't escape get hit by a car. So you All can, the more reason! All the, all the more reason to be like, oh, I got everything figured out, I got everything figured out, well, bam, there's a fucking bus, and now you're a big old pile of bones. Yeah. Sorry, guy. I uh, hope you enjoyed owning Google. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't specifically point on Google, but they are part of that club. <laughs> That's what I mean. Of course um, they are. But yeah, that, there's no matter what we're trying, everything we're trying to do, we're trying to make us live longer. Even our comfortable lives that some of us Americans live, where we get to fucking have a roof over our head, not think about shit. It's just trying to make it easier because you think you're going to live just a little longer. And, and the thing and about when we're on our deathbed, well, that's what we're trying to ask ask for a couple of minutes more. Yeah, and I was reading about like biology and just how the body like thinks about us. It, all it cares about is getting you up to reproducing. That's your only purpose here, mm-hmm. to fucking have another kid. And then after that, your body's like, I'm not taking care of you. That's mm-hmm. why we all start fucking falling apart. It's just mm-hmm. like, dude, you're you should have done what you, I, I wanted you job. to do. Did the job, or you, or you or didn't. You did do the job. And yeah. I, I'm not taking care of you from yeah. this point. Yeah, go work out at the gym, bitch, because it's over. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, how many how many animals in the animal kingdom once they reproduce die? Yeah, a staggering All amount. Of them. Yeah, <laughs> none of them are like going on at like I'm gonna have my twilight years. I hang out with my sh- hang out with my schnookums by the beach. 
I just live out life until we die. Yeah, it's when you have kids, that's why they fight for their kids because they know that's it. Like, I'm gonna die for this shit. Yep. So, uh, that's Them Bones. Them Bones, <laughs> song number one on Alice in Chains' 1992 record. But you Dirt. know what you can try to do if you're afraid that you're gonna die is try to damn that river. Try to damn it. But it don't give a damn anyway. Damn that river in the song number two. on there is uh is vintage Alice in Chains right here yeah yeah this is standard uh another so back to back like just it just hits snare and it jumps right into uh yeah no uh no cool like slow intro no, again. <laughs> that comes later yeah these are just right to the point this riff that it's like a stepping dun 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 You know, it's just quick up, quick down. Play with those short strokes. Yeah. All, and all these songs are drop D, so it's it's that whole vibe. That that, that's what makes every, this whole album undertow sound. It's just yeah. everything's drop D down. And, and the grunge sound as a whole. Yeah, that's true. Everything's drop D. Um, and, and quickly going back to the last song and this song is they do this like kind of the harmonizing at the beginning of the verses. So on, on uh, Them Bones, um, they do the I believe Them Bones. And then he goes off on his own. So the, they both harmonize. And then this, they do the I broke you in the canyon. Yeah, I broke you in the canyon. They, but they both come in with that. Reverby. It almost, it's almost reverby, and it is, but it's, yeah. it's the two voices. Yeah. They're fucking uh, Simon and Garfunkel yeah. of heavy music. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and that, and that like, again, as Alison James as a whole, this album specifically is the two vocals going, yeah. you know, not always at the exact same time, not always in the, and not even the same thing. And not always together, exactly. But, but that's the thing. He'll jump in on the and he'll sing back, you know, or the or the first song. He'll just jump in on these certain moments to give it that big push and then back up. So, Damn That River, uh, another bludgeoning song. Um, is it damning the river of your veins for heroin? No, I don't I don't think it's going there. From what Jerry Cantrell, the, the songwriter for this for this particular tune, him and Sean, the drummer, got in a fight. And there are a lot of fight, fighting type words. Uh, I broke you in the cannon, I drowned you in the lake, you're a snake that I would trample. Uh, I pushed you and then I stumbled, I kicked you in the face. Um, I burned the place around you, I hit you with a rake. 
Uh, everything's, it's very aggressive fighting kind of song. Apparently they got in a fight, there was a table that broke. Uh, you fight with people named Sean. And uh, yeah, it just, that's what happens in bands. Well, I mean, and, and especially when you're having, <laughs> especially when you're uh, just drugs, drugs, any band. Yeah, they're drugs, wasted just, and yeah, yeah. The, you know, things are said that, you know, things are said and people are, uh, you know, you hit people with a rake and you piss on a candle and, you know, you kind of just see things. And this is, this definitely is a, like a fuck you song. And it, another, like, Actually, more more now than I've ever noticed it. The, the, the first couple lines of the the first couple lines of the song are like definitely look like the, like again alluding to the album cover. It was like I broke you in the canyon, I drowned you in the lake. The girl, the woman who's in the the, the cover of the of the record, looks like you died in the canyon in like a dry in a dried up lake. Yeah, yeah. And, All right. and the, the, the album cover is just killing it more and more. I've never gone with that, but I, I, I'm going to let you keep going. I haven't either. And the more I see it, the more I'm going to bring it up. Um, <laughs> the uh, Around that time, or in the little, late 80s, was Ted Bundy, the I-5 killer, or the Green River killer. And all the bodies would... They, they threw their bodies in the river right around where they grew up. Oh, and shit. Damn that river, you know, there's that kind of Damn it with bodies Yeah <laughs> A little dark right there There's that whole kind of killing people There's allusions to actually killing someone I do like that line that you kind of brought up That I burned a place around you So you used fire And then I hit you with the rake But then you pissed upon my candle The thing that originally started the fire So proving that you're a fake Like, pissed upon my ideas You pissed on my candle you just shit on me. Yeah, pretty much you just shit yeah, on me. Shit on me. I mean, and the the metaphor of damning a river, uh, it, specifically in the chorus where he's like, "You couldn't fix me." You're kind of saying like, "Oh, you try to slow this shit down." You try to exactly, and and and, and I don't know if he's angry at you know whoever this is. I mean, he's definitely angry at whoever he's talking about. Yeah, that's, that's not what, that's for sure. Um, you know, maybe I couldn't damn. Well, you couldn't damn that river. Maybe I don't give a damn. Anymore. I love the double, the double wording. Yeah, damn that river, but I don't give a damn anyway. Yeah. And he's 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 definitely saying like, oh, you try to fix the problem. Well, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, it's actually even worse now. Now it's yeah. a full-on flood. Yeah, you tried. Yeah. And fuck you. And yeah, then, that th third verse, I burned a place around you. I hit you with a rake. You pissed upon my candles, proving your thing. That's that's the nail on the coffin. Yeah. And, sure. and one of my favorite riffs actually out of the whole album is the verse and it's obviously he's singing over but it's right here just before he starts singing right no right when he's singing it does come in just there it's that it's the slight wah and it's just singing underneath them it's it's dope and then it comes to that, I call it a sledgehammer if just fuck it. Yeah. Sledgehammer. Sledgehammer, yeah, for sure. Breaking apart that fucking dam. And then that riff that I really like kind of goes back to a nice, like, glide flow again. For the verses. Yeah. yeah. So you don't really hear the double harmonizing of the choruses, but the. Right there, it's more than harmonizing. So tough. Get here. You hear the two voices the whole time. You hear double track playing, and then you hear Jerry Control underneath. Yeah, exactly. yeah. 
So three voices going on. Um, and then at 155 is a solo. It's I call it a zipper solo. I'm not even really sure what that means now until I hear it. But it's uh, it's it's one of the solos that kind of break up the song into a different. I guess all solos do, but it kind of doesn't. It breaks up the flow. Maybe that's the whole damn the river. It takes you the opposite direction. And it takes you to the third verse. Yeah. Is it coming up? 155? Here we go. Drops back in right here. Smooth. So smooth. smooth. So smooth. Like nothing even. That's that's musicians right and there. I, and I feel like what he could have done there is done one of those. Which everyone would have gone and to. He does exactly. Yeah. That would have been like the. But okay, cool. Like that fits there. Yeah. And they do, do they do that at times. But what they, what was that solo right there was like a southern rock solo. Yeah. that's Kind of just grew along with it. But oh, so, there's no doubt so Southern cool. Rock was a huge influence on him. And Eddie Eddie Van Halen was huge, too. Oh, yeah. Eddie Van Halen was one of his biggest idols. Did they tour at the beginning when they opened for Van Halen? So, that sounds right, because he definitely had a talk with Eddie Van Halen where he was like, I like your style, and he was just in shock. He was just like, you're Eddie Van fucking yeah. Halen. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah, I, I thought they might have. Uh, but there was something what, about yeah. that. Um, so, two just straight up, no... We get into these kind of more abstract, longer songs. I guess it's well, no, even the next one's kind of quick too, right? No, next one's long. Oh, it's six minutes. So yeah, yeah. From here on out, we go five minutes or longer for almost the rest of the album. There's a couple in there, but these first ones were two twenty-nine, three or nine. Nice, quick rock songs, and I think that's a nice way to introduce this album because it it's gonna get molasses and thick and yeah, dirty. From, from three to from three to eight. Uh, here, not, so the Devil River song number two, but from three to eight, no song shorter than five minutes. Not shorter than five. The album, you know, not fades out, but the, these three, three, through eight, three through eight are just... That's like, long. This is Unless really, you're not doing jazz music, that's long songs. Yeah, it's about like 20 minutes of the album. Yeah. Just, you know, song. Yeah. No, so, this... Sorry, like 40 minutes. I, I think the first two are nice, just introductions, just full-on rockers. Uh, you know, it's a fucking stand. You could play these songs at the gym, that kind of music. And then it, this is where it definitely strays into. I guess we're going a little, little more heroin territory, a little more, um, more conceived like songs, longer songs. So you have to try to fill in all that space. Also, though, I have to quickly call it, this is one of my favorite intro outros because it's the same intro as the outro of all time. It's one of them. I actually have another one at the at the end of the album too, but as far as intro, outro, like the same thing, there's something about this that always got me, even when I was a little dude. Um, and this is why we waited until it was raining. Yeah. yeah. Song number three. Yeah, rain when I die. Rain when I die. Listen for the vocals.
we'll give you a little more time to hear the, one of the, the chorus, because the chorus is really what makes this song, besides that fucking intro that we just gave you. Yeah. Oh, hell of an intro. That first two songs came in, just pretty much drum, guitar, go. This is just an extended wah, washing over, and then it does that like, that's kind of slow electronic sounding buildup. And then uh, Lane jumps in and he, he jumps in on the voice doing that. Again, his little vocal gymnastics, you know, nothing to do with the verse, just helping with the sound of the song. It's, he's using his voice as an instrument. I can't, I've never, I'm too young and, uh, you know, obviously as the original uh, lineup of, of the House and Chains was done in the fucking 90s, but uh, I can't imagine this song live, just just the chorus. Yeah, hold on, do it, do it now, it's, it's about to come in, turn it up here, just this chorus, listen to the way he sings this. It's, that's a fucking hell of a... It's almost like that band Boston. Just that, like... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like that, that kind of... I just, even I did it now. You close your eyes, you clench your fist, you do a little uppercut, you know, a little swipe. Two hands if you're feeling it. Two hands, yeah. If you're not if you're not driving, look, looking at the sky. You're yelling at the, at the gods. Did she, yell, did she call my name? Yeah, and like he, he he's already shown off his kind of vocal skills already, but that... This chorus really gives Lane that power behind it. It's, yeah. it's dirty. And then right here is a little bridge where the wow, 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 wow. And then does a little, literal, here's wows. Listen to the little drum fill. He starts picking it up. And that little wow riff. Wow, 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 wow. And it just got that head bobbing thing to it. Yeah, for sure. That's that, that slam rock. Yeah. And I think this, uh, I, when I was listening to the kind of what I was looking to earlier about the hearing this, uh, hearing my cousin play his his uh, devil music, as my parents would have called it, uh, Alice and James, we were at my uncle's house, which is he actually lived with my uncle, and, we, and my uncle has a uh, game room set up. And it's got a pool table and like TV and the sports memorabilia all over the wall. So it's like very dude. Yeah, you know, it's a dude's place. So we were playing and he had like a CD player, like a dope futuristic looking CD player on this wall. And uh, we were listening to this album playing pool. And then this song, I very, very vividly remember like hearing this for the first time in that time when I was playing pool with him. And this song just being like, what the fuck? Mm. Especially those first two, like yeah, they're heavy. Like I, not that, not that like, uh, well, and not every song, not every thing that Alice in Chains does is like ne- never heard before. But especially the intro, the outro, this, like, yeah, uh, what the fuck? It is sounds this? like you're just taking like a, a keyboard, pressing like a six sample, chords, it's and a then sample, doing, and then doing the yeah, with his voice too, it's just over and over. So and. dope. Uh, and it's like this is. It's weird. It's dark too. Yeah, like it's just as a kid not knowing like how to like music is evil. Yeah, and and, and, and while we're right here and Alice is doing it, if they fade it out, 
and then they come right back right in. Right back. So you just imagine them just jamming, and Lane just. We thought it was just gonna fade out. Is it does okay? So the song's over. Then they do this nice little. Well, then we went right back into it. Um, so, one of the I best intros loop, out there. I could just loop, loop over and over and over and over Yeah, again. forever, till you die, <laughs> when it rains. So, we've got three songs, and here we go. We're not really going into heroin territory. We're still here. Rain When I Die is more relationship song. Yeah. Uh, is she ready to know my frustration? What she's slipping inside? Slow crash station. I'm a little, I'm a riddle so strong. You can't break me. Did she come here? Try to take me. Did she call my name? I think it's gonna rain. And it's all just kind of relationship issues. Uh, will she keep me on the ground, trying to ground me? You know, it's more being held down by a woman. Um, and I know that Cantrell was having relationship issues, and um, Lane Staley, his girl, who he was with at this time, and then up until 1996, she died at her and over. Is she the one who, was it uh, Staley's girlfriend? Yeah. Cantrell's girlfriend, who's actually introduced the band to Harold. I don't know. It might probably was. Yeah, it was probably her. If anyone, yeah, if I don't know if that's. Like, I, I mean, I, yeah. I read somewhere that she was the one who was like, try know, this shit out. Try this shit out, and I think I should find the quote. But he was just like, "Fuck no, I'm not gonna do that shit." Yeah. And, you know. Bada bang, bada boom. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, I've seen pictures of her beautiful girl, and just uh, yeah. and and, and that was pretty. kind of the yeah exactly. <laughs> that was kind of the end of. Lane Stanley. After that, he was just like, "Fuck it, I'm going, I'm going full bore." Yeah, once, once the heroin came in, he didn't have a lot of opera. Lane specifically didn't yeah. have a lot of like outside fail, re relapse, come back, relapse, no. relapse. Well, then his girl died. He was just yeah. like, yeah. "We're good, we're good here." Yeah. It, it took my, a, took a lot longer done. than it should have. Yeah, uh, he had strong uh, genes, I guess. But yeah, just this is more of a relationship. Uh, I, the, I think it's gonna rain when I die. Like, I mean, obviously you live in Seattle, but it's just like, yeah. Um, I'd imagine. It or does that mean like, oh, lucky me, it's gonna rain when I die? Courses, because it's gonna, it's just the same shit happens here all the time. Like, it's gonna rain when I die, because it always rains here. The same shit always keeps happening to me. She'll miss me when I'm gone. There's there there is kind of that sound to it. Like, well, you know what? Like, I'm gonna die. It's gonna be a huge deal that mm -hmm. the gods are gonna be like, damn, I'm sad We're that this guy's yeah. I don't know the timing of the song, but it's got that weird, the drum, something's, it's not, it's, it's off, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. Great drumming, too, this whole time. I gotta always give him, and it's just that heavy drumming. He does the right fills, and then he just kind of plays it, spaces it open when need be, kind of that Pink Floyd drumming, where sometimes it's very simple just to let everything else speak for itself, and then he comes in, does his, those little fills. No one's overplaying. No, one never. Singing. Never. There's never like an overplaying that I that I feel. Same. A cool little breakdown here, and just a, another nice, uh, just three fucking solid songs. This one is definitely longer than the other one. It's almost double the time. Um. But yeah, so we had uh, them bones, fear of death, damn that river. Friendship issues, rain when I die, what girlfriend issues. 
Now we're gonna start. This is the kind of the beginning of the the heroin dialogues. I don't know what else to call it. But this also the down in the hole is. Well, I guess we'll talk about them when we're actually playing it. Um, I kind of wanted to just. Can you go to the outro of this and we'll go right into down in the hole? Because it sounds nice going to that that fade in. Yeah. And then they're gonna do that. So we'll see you on the flip side of down in the hole. Song number four. Yeah, California. the flip side of Hotel California. <laughs> yeah, this is where you lock yourself up uh, in the room at the Hotel California. Yeah. And I had to write, again, uh, vocals above the song, because oh, this yeah. is the fourth song, and not, not just the overall vocals, but the, the beginning, the... 
like he just he uses vocals again for not just verses, just another instrument. Again, you're not going to hear that in a heavy metal album. Um, so Jerry Cantrell at first was hesitant to bring this song to the band. He thought it was too soft. And the positive response from the band uh, was, uh, no, this is a fucking great tune. Let's, let's go here. And arguably their biggest song, uh, second it's up there. Though. Yeah, it is. I don't hear it out here. When I go back to Boston, it's played a lot. I think of all if I were to, if I were to say like, oh, what's uh, you know the biggest song? I mean, it'd probably be Rooster, but uh, oh, Man in the Box. Man in the Box, but down the hole for me, I, at least I always thought this was the big, the big yeah. concentration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gotta be. It's definitely one of the top ones. And, and Jerry Cantrell. Uh, and rightfully so. Huh? And rightfully so. Yeah, it deserves it. He says it's in the top three for him personally. Uh, this is, and here we go. So we before we jump into the whole heroin, whatever. It's to my longtime love. It's the reality of my life. The path I've chosen, in a weird way, a kind of foretold of where we are right now. It's hard for us to both understand that this is this life is not conducive to much success with long-term relationships. And uh, he, his longtime love at that time was Courtney Clark. So shout out to Courtney Clark wherever you are, girl. Okay. Um, you got a pretty good song out of it. So thanks for that. Thanks for breaking up with breaking Jerry's heart. Well, you could have wrote me you know, something in the way she moves, but instead you wrote down in the hall. Thanks. <laughs> uh, at, this, at this time, let's not forget he also just lost his mother. Uh, that's kind of a huge woman in your life as a man. I've been told. Yeah. I'll have to read more about it to make sure that's a true statement. I don't want to say anything false, but I hear mothers are very important to uh, to men. Yeah, we'll have to get back to you about yeah. that. Yeah, that one, I'm just kind of saying that out of my ass. Um, but you know, we were talking about ballads before and how they can go very, especially for heavy bands. They, they will become probably your biggest song if it's semi-decent. Mm-hmm. You know, because people, Sing most people... Heavy, heavy music's never going to be mainstream for the most part. That's the kind of weird thing about the whole Seattle movement was there's this really heavy music that was. So even though this song is pretty heavy throughout the most, it is ballady for sure. It's got big chords, um, very nice melody. This is back to the Simon Garfunkel of fucking heavy heavy music. That great harmonizing on this, Uh, especially on the. I mean, the whole, pretty much the whole time through, but yeah. especially on the down and the whole part. Yeah. Um, so this intro is where I'm saying yeah. it's like... In that little ooh and in. Yeah, this is Hotel California here. And this little fill That falling into the hole. And then you're in there with him. Yeah, that, that, that's like a Joe Walsh guitar. Man. Yeah. Yeah, nice little intro riff. Got a cool bouncy bass going on too. If you listen to it, yeah. it's a jazzy type of bass sound too. And then Jerry Cantrell is always kind of falling up, like right here. He says "In Bloom" right after. He says it. Just almost like <laughs> Pink Floyd or something, you know. Just a little bit of that. Is that a shout at uh, Nirvana? In Bloom was a quite a big song at that time. 
Uh, like that line right there is very like alluding to red flowers in a tomb and blue. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely drug references for sure. And Jerry Cantrell was no uh, no slouch to uh, getting involved with some shady dealings at this time as well. So there's, again, songs don't have to be one fucking thing. They never, they shouldn't be. Shouldn't be. They, should be they should be whatever uh, whatever you're feeling about that t- at the moment. It could just be straight up depression. It could be about relationships. It could be about drug use. It could be about all three. Uh, it could be about a mouse. Think about a sad little mouse stuck in down the hall. <laughs> I remember hearing this on uh, Unplugged, which Alice is Oh, right. Nirvana and maybe uh, Eric Clapton. Like, impl- I would, if, if MTV would do anything to try to bring themselves There's word that's, in. that they're doing that. Oh, really? They're bringing them Unplugged I back. I hope so. Yeah. Unplugged was dope, but the Alice in Chains Unplugged yeah. was fucking phenomenal. Yeah, I was... Uh, on one of those Facebook fucking, what is it, like, uh, polls. Yeah. There was one that, I'm from Boston, I don't know if I've told that over, whatever, it's not like people, this might be the first time you've ever listened to this. It's But, uh, I mean, Alice James is huge out there. Uh, and there was, one of my friends posted, like, what's your favorite Unplugged? Tons of people responded, and it was always, there was no one else out of all the Unplugged. It was Nirvana or this. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty even. And it was like, for a while, it would be these guys, and then people go Nirvana. It was just the perfect time where they not only, like, Clapton's is great. Clapton's great. Clapton's was a, Clapton's Pearl, old. Yeah, point. and Pearl Jam's is pretty good, but th- these two. Yeah, and, and yeah, for and sure. And then, like, Alec Cool J did one. Um, a lot of bands Lauren did. Lauren Hill had a dope Lauren Hill, dope one. Yeah. That's the one she like broke down and started crying yeah. and stuff. I actually did dig that one, but for for yeah for my money, it's them and Nirvana yeah. that were just. I remember uh, um, got me wrong off the unplugged. Just the way the acoustic guitar strings. I was with a, a new kind of buddy that we were hanging out with. And he lived in the town next to us, and like he, it was like a nice sunny day, and we were just it was a weekend. We were going to get stoned, and. Kind of brought me in his room. He's like, dude, have you heard the new Alice James? Like, no. Turned it up as loud as good. He had this dope ass system played. Got me wrong. We're just this like does this beginning ring, uh, guitar uh, verse riff, and yeah, I it's it's an incredible when you actually think about live too. Because if you listen to a lot of live music, it's hard to sound decent. And Lane Stanley was in horrible shape at that time too. Oh, uh, the video. Yeah, he's. Yeah, he's his. He was just on the verge. Like some of the songs, he sounds a little weak in the voice, but it's still that like it's real. Yeah, that, and that's the thing is, is the, the yeah. Like, this almost seems like a last hurrah almost. It is. And they, the, the really strange thing about them is they didn't. They toured like shit for this album, and then he went back into rehab. And that was, they only played one uh, show after that. They played, that. the Unplugged was their second show, and then they only played one other show after that for their 1996 album. So after this album, they only played three other live shows. So that's how bad this shit got after this. Yeah. And that's, again, this whole, that's how this song resonates. You know, if a clean band played this song, you'd be like, huh? I don't believe you. I don't believe you. I'm not <laughs> buying this shit. But it's, this is definitely bought and sold. You're getting your money's worth here. Uh, great uh, guitar, almost Joe Walsh's, like you're saying, just fills underneath. You're right, it's a Dark Eagle song. Mm-hmm. This is what the Eagles would sound like if they all did heroin. 
they not do? I'm sure they did. Or, you know, to a horrible if, extent. If, if they were in a boy band. Yeah, it was just like anything. Like, people don't just do a drug and go, oh, now I'm depressed and this was horrible. Like, when you first did it, it was fucking great. Yeah. They just didn't know how to uh, slow that gravy turn down. Yeah. So, we'll move on. Song number five. Now it gets really weird. This Here is when the album starts go. getting weird. It's weird. Sick man. That's kind of a good allusion to where we're going. George, this song was written by Lane Staley. Oh, was it? <laughs> Sick man. I couldn't have told you that. Um, so, just to kind of start it off, uh, this is exactly how it went down. Lane Staley walks over to Jerry Cadell. Jerry Cadell's sitting on this nice brown leather couch. Says, Jerry, how's your day going? He says, Good. How are you, Lane? He says, I just did heroin. How are you? He said, good, Lane, I just asked you that. He said, <laughs> can you write me the sickest, darkest, most fucked up, and heaviest thing you could ever write? He said, Lane, I'll do that for you, because I love you. You're my brother. And That's a fact. And then we have... Sick man. Sick man. Uh, wow, what a weird fucking tribal... George and I were kind of, while the volume was down, just imagining the lights show for this. Like Especially especially nowadays. I'm sure in the 90s there was nothing going on in the early 90s. Just two light bulbs going on. Yeah, But now you could be all fancy and just... You can't see what I'm doing. But the lights are going... If you're looking at the stage, the lights are going left, right. Left, right. Left, right. Left, right. Left, right. Left, right. Left, yeah, it's it's a it's a fucked up tune. You feel weird in it, and then it, a verse that starts with "What the hell am I?" question mark Thousand eyes, a fly, and then he answers, "What am I? I'm lucky." And then I'll I'd be in one day deceased. So just kind of a lucky to be alive, but I'm sick as fuck. What am what the hell am I? Leper from inside. Inside wall of peace. Dirty and deceased. And then the the classic chorus. Uh, well, it's it's weird. It's got the the tribal verse. Da, 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 da. 
and then the sick man, sick man, and then it goes to the sludge like, I can't steal the wind. It's so druggy and just... Ugh. It's yeah, molasses is the best where just swampy and just it always it is three parts. It stops again, it's done this twice. Back to this. So it wakes up again. The engine start going. Get it going again. Yeah, let's try then no, we're gonna we're we're gonna end up going back to swampy shithole. Uh He just sounds like a twisted fuck. But it's dope. There's no, uh, I don't know, I can't compare to what his... It's a very Thule song, too. It is. Yeah, I could see Lane Maynard jumping on this one. That, this screaming, it's just, that sounds like demons going to hell. In hell, and you're on the outside, just like, no, no, no. Yeah, and I guess we, you know, we just missed it, but they're, the, instead of, like, a solo to this song, they drop it down into this bridge. And uh, Lane does the, yes, I walk through the valley of rape and despair. You know, that whole part, I, I don't know if you listened to that when you were a fucking young, I, I was just gonna that part young religious boy, but that must yeah, have been weird. Yeah, walk through the valley of shadow of death, you know, and, and uh, actually also that's the verse from Gangster's Paradise. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah, and that was right around when this time. That was, that was like 94, right? 95? Yeah, yeah. Right uh, whatever, you were fucking two, you don't yeah. know what the fuck. Oh, yeah, yeah, when I was like, yeah, it was a little later, but you're right. But they all, they, they, I mean, that's what this is. is yeah, walk through the valley of rape and despair with held he uh, with head high and eyes alert. I tread on the plane of many who are on, of good nature and intention, but cannot w touch on the dark recess of memory. Pain yeah. learns, so come walk with me. Feel the pain and release it. And can you go to that part? Because it's a, they don't they mess with the voice to kind of add the lower. Uh... Yeah, this is kind of the part where they do it. It's a great solo. It's a little short little thing. And we won't play the whole part, but just... I think they have, like, background, like, demon voices. Or they, you know, they, like, they lower the octave on the voice. No, oh, maybe not. Oops, wrong part. Good talk. Going in the third verse here. Yeah, there we go. Whatever this part. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like a devil laughing in the background. You can hear another voice underneath the at points. We're there. Cool. <laughs> you know, just having a little fun. But th this is definitely where I can see uh, Elaine just in his little candlelit Last Supper. You know, and no, no matter what you say, I don't know what their religion's always going to be. A, uh, it's it's always there, whether you believe it or not. You're always going against it, or you're in it and you're defending it. It's that fucking conundrum we're all in, trying to. Even if you don't, you know, he brings it up in his thoughts. It's it's good writing. If you're ever lost with lyrics, just add some biblical shit in. Nick Tave does it all the time. Just yeah. throw it in there. Or, or, or uh, 
not biblical, it's some sort of mytholo- mythology. And, uh, I, well, I think because it, I mean, it makes your music kind of like be attached to that, it, you know. It, this, uh, you can you can quickly. It's kind of a trick you can use where you're kind of alluding to okay, this is this this is what the emotion I'm trying to invoke, and you say something like yeah, walking the valley of the shadow of death. Yeah. You go okay, well you know this is. Yeah, don't just call me heretic. I'm walking through the shadow of death. Yeah. You see my point of view here. I, yeah. The Bible talks about me. Yeah. I'm legit. There was a quote, I, I couldn't find it, but there was a quote I read one time where Lane Stanley basically said, the only reason I'm here is to, vo- is to sing. That's the only reason I was put here on earth, is to, for my voice. And there's, and there's nothing, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he said that when he said it, but. He was one of our darker angels, everyone. You know, before you get all on his shit, every jazz artist that you liked, heroin addicts. And if they weren't? Really good. Yeah, the the ones you don't know about. And the ones that were good and they cleaned up weren't really weren't any good. Talking to you, John Coltrane. Talking to you, Miles. Talking to you, Charlie Parker. <laughs> All right. All of them. Um. <laughs> uh, I only like them when they're on the junk. Yep. Yep. Sick That's all I have to say about that. So, sick man, just a twisted little song. Now we will go back to one break before we go into the heroin, the heavy. Lane Staley side, but he got to sneak this one in there, mm-hmm. and I, I kind of see why they would do it after Down in the Hole. You wouldn't want to do the next song, Rooster. You do Sick Man. Let's go into Rooster, though. You all know this song. Sing along with your mom, Rooster.
His vocals on those, you know what he ain't gonna die parts are brutal. God, I wish I could just sing like that once in my life, just for a moment, just to see what that feels like. Power behind that. Maybe a little bit more torture than that. Yep, not doing any heroin. Rooster, everyone, but um, a legit song to Cantrell's father. And this might be my favorite war song because it's not, it's uh, anti political. Is that the right word? Mm-hmm. Apolitical. Apolitical. There's no, uh, this isn't like, fuck yeah, war, man. I'm a fucking man. I kill people. Or, fuck or like, man. fucking war is terrible at all costs. Never. Never. <laughs> <laughs> this is just about a guy that has a dad. And, and, and he, Jerry Kendra is older than me, but just from his age to George's age, most of us have, or have a dad or an uncle or a friend who has a dad that was in the Vietnam War. Yeah. That was pretty much the first fucking retarded war. I, and we, we don't have to get into the whole war, but like that was the first war that people came back and were like, the fuck did I go for? Like, World War II, like, I know what exactly yeah. I came back for. It was for. a clear enemy. Yeah. I mean, from my generation, was more like Korea. Not Korea, like, people like... Uh, well, Korea's before Vietnam. Then there was Nam. Mm. Like, dads. Nam's the one, yeah. Dads, yeah. Yeah. But it's either like Korean was before. Like yeah, it was the fifties. Which even even Korea was kind of like yeah, what the fuck. But I mean, they're all we could. Yeah, you could go into yeah. the whole communism versus capitalism thing. Yeah. Blah blah blah. But this was the first one. Like, why are so many of us <laughs> oh, dying? For sure, for sure. And then not only when they were not only if they were dead, they would come back alive and, and be spit on, spit on upon, on being my homeland. A shit like the respect for veterans. Of yeah, people were. I, I can't imagine. Like, I, I do see it a lot where uh, a soldier will have a point of view and it's like, dude, I fought for your, like, right for this. And it's like, well, yeah, that doesn't give you, like, excuse to just say whatever the fuck you want to do. Whatever you want. Thank you for your service and all that shit. Yeah. But at the same time, in, like, the Vietnam, the way those fucking guys came back and were treated, like, not only did they fought a war where a lot of them were like, well, what the fuck did we do, do yeah. go ahead and do that for? Now we come back, the people that we supposedly did that for are spitting in their faces. Yeah. Yeah, it got... I mean, that's... Watch watch a good documentary on yeah. that whole time. But yeah, there was a... There, it got so... Picking aside that the the soldiers were actually blamed for orders that they had to follow. Yeah. But anyways, besides that, it's a, it's a great kind of just reenactment of... I, I, just the opening, that riff, the the way they have the guitar with the Leslie effect or whatever it is. I mean, this song is basically just four chords, but it's that that slow ringing. Um, it it it. I, I just I remember being young and this is this is the one that I would play fucking fake war GI Joe shit. It just has that. Obviously, you watch the video. It has it lose. I probably had that pop in my head. My dad was a Vietnam vet. My uncle was a Vietnam vet. Came back all fucked up. So I definitely had this. This was like a special sign that made me feel a connection to what what the fuck was going on over there in some weird way. I, I wasn't really thinking about it, but I knew that the song was about that those guys that came back. And Cantrell even said uh, what the song was was him. We're, we're life's hard. We all got that. <laughs> Uh, you all have problems but then not that you always have to compare it to make yourself feel better or worse but we do Mm -hmm. you're like well at least I'm not a homeless guy or 
that per like George has never gone through what I've gone through. So how would you know that kind of thing? You either get defensive or you, you walked a mile in my shoes. Yeah. And and what Cantrell was kind of going through was he was going through a really hard time, and then he's like, but my dad, like yeah. my dad, like killed people and saw his friends killed, and I'm sad because my girlfriend broke up with me and I'm not talking to my friend. It hasn't been sunny in six days. But the thing is, you can't do that because then nothing really matters in yeah. your life. Because yeah. there's always going to be someone that got tortured, mm-hmm. Jews, or fucking horrible things. And, of course, that's not your life. So you can do that to make yourself be like, all right, I need... It makes you... Uh, don't be so overdramatic. Mm-hmm. But don't justify your shit. It's real. The pain you feel <laughs> is no, real. It's like the- You're a man of steel. <laughs> well, the, uh, I, I, think, uh, I think Pete Holmes tells the story... Or it's not Pete Holmes' story, but I've heard him say it a few times where I think it was uh, Chris Rock where, or, you know, Jerry Seinfeld, they were saying, like, dude, your life, like, you grew up, like, on the streets with, like, drive-by shootings and all that shit. And I, you know, I was worried about, like, getting my lunch money taken away. And it's like, dude, your reality is your reality. Yeah. So whatever is, whatever is like, the, a big traumatizing thing for you and just because it's not you yeah you grew up in the suburbs that's why I like that the, the issue or the that like meme of like white people problems it's like you're just, you're I they're get, not real I get it they're not real I get it I get what the joke is but it's like I don't know not everybody has the same problems or the same level of problems and but all the people that are white you don't know what fault. it's like to be in my shoes yeah. some of it's easy it, Some of it's not. It's just like, and not only that, are, would you react to the same? Would you react to my problems the same way I would? Right. Would you react to them different? How would you handle being in my shoes, or vice versa? Right. That's the. And, and but that's what he's Cantrell's doing here is like definitely putting himself in his dad's shoes. Yeah, and and so he lost his mom too at this point. Uh, so it's pretty much him and his dad, and then from my own personal experience there was no talking about Vietnam and I don't know I don't think World War 2 World War 1 veterans talked about it either but like I know most guys come back my grandpa didn't talk about war either but Cantrell did this as a hand out to his dad like I'm trying to see your point of view and his dad it was a, a healing process for them they, they actually became a lot closer after this he put him in the uh, if you watch the rooster video we'll post it when we post the shit um, his dad actually is being interviewed on it and he watched it and after and cried and it, they said they just released a whole bunch of shit therapy it's about talking about shit that you don't want to talk about uh, it's just shell shock shake it off just get it over it, pussy. A couple dead little kids. And just think, like, how many... I almost forgot to take the trash out last night. How many... <laughs> like, shoes had a hole in them. Uh, just to think, like, how many of these young, young dudes came back yeah. in the 50s and the 50s, Fuck. 60s. And just came back, like, uh, and, uh, uh... I... I nightmares all of a sudden, you're like, oh, this is fucking man up, pussy. And it's like... My That's mom. Killing men. Yeah. This man up philosophy. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. There's that whole thing, man up, which is yeah. That's an English type of. Take, put it on your chin. So take it on, you know. Take it yeah, on your or chin it's Bill Burr, and there was someone else that just fucking just push it down, push it down, down deep so in that how, belly. How many dudes drop dead at the age of fifty because you know they resisted the urge to yeah. cry at a sad movie or hug a puppy or yeah. you know the fucked up thing is I wanted that cookie. You know? Yeah. Like just to say anything slightly. Yeah. 
it's the, lovingly. How many, it's the, the Burr bit, Bill Burr bit about, you know, yeah. how many men have died because of what are you a fag? <laughs> Not a fuck. I'll, I'm a, I'll I'm punch my man. fist through that wall right now. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I, I remember even my mom saying uh, they were divorced when. Actually, no, they weren't divorced when he came back, but she, she knew my dad when he left the war, and when he came back, obviously you get older, you change, but she was like, he was just, like, just, yeah, like, just not even close to the same kind of guy that she, you know, you're an innocent dude who grew up in this American middle class, you know, jolly life. Then you go and uh, do some horrendous shit and see some horrendous shit and yeah, you come back and you can... I, that, that's the thing that must be the weirdest is coming back to a civilized life. Like we we could live in this sheltered kind of thing and always just kind of know that it's kind of... We're lucky and it's kind of a joke. We know that th there's other things going on that are much more terrible, but to actually go out there and then come back. Uh, that's like gotta be weird. Some guys tell me like, oh, like you know, cut me in line and think that that's okay. Just anything. Yeah. Any, any normal life. Yeah. Thing, just like, mm. I mean, and that's why, like, you know, the you see a lot of those guys snap. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And how many of those dudes that go over to war and then they come back and they're just like, there's no, you guys don't have any discipline. And you're like, boring. Yeah, you pussy. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, you're right. And, you and just for better or for worse, all the things that the military teaches you, like, you know, boot camp stuff like that is like really is to make you like a tough, tough, you know, person. But what that's doing to your your psyche and your emotions and shit you're seeing, and it's just like fucking, like, just go back out there and do it again, dude. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a dope. You know, all the dark out of this is the dark song, but this really is a kind of an it's a dope homage. And it's a dope, you know, love song to his pops. Just like, if there ever was I'm one, to get it, dude. yeah, and it, and and it is in that kind of dude way where I'm not gonna be like, thanks for like holding me when I was a little boy. It's like thanks for going to war and coming back here and trying to be upstanding citizen when you know you're fucking probably going mental inside. Walking tall machine gun man, they spit on me in my homeland. Gloria sent me pictures of my boy. Got my pills against mosquito death. My buddy's breathing his last dying breath. My God, won't you help me make it through? Yeah, that's just like a soldier's it, cry. It's kind of like uh, Metallica's One. Mm -hmm. You know, that's kind of a going to war mm -hmm. kind of tune, too. So it's it's got that... Oh, in Rooster, did we say this was his nickname? Yeah. It was Jerry Cantrell's dad's nickname in war. Or, uh, supposedly. Um, and the vocal-wise, though, right there, they do the little... There's the wah guitar, always there. But they, they do, so that's what, the fourth song out of six? Fifth song out of six that they do is vocal melodies over, uh, without verses. And that guitar is just kind of, just sitting in the way back. Just show me you get the feedback lead guitar. You got um, that, like, that uh, flangey bass going back. Yep. And then the walk comes in. Wow. And Lane, Lane didn't write the song, but you, you swear this was about his dad. His dad was a drug addict who didn't do all this shit. So yeah, but he's uh, a, a, good, of a, different, a good, different there you go. Yeah, nice, nice, well he played. But uh, it just shows he can interpret his buddy's song for him. 
and give it love, you know? Like, he didn't... I, I'm not hearing any sound in this song like, oh, God, I'll sing about your dad. This is, uh, yeah, I got your back here. I mean, and it's really just, you can, you can be like to all the fucking soldiers. Yeah. To have his exact same... Yeah. And then, yeah. if you want to be cheesy, the soldier's life, like, shit's tough. Yeah. Yeah. You're uh, getting shot at, I'm shooting up. Heroin. Great tune. Yeah, like, at this point, I'm feeling like, uh, you know, you mentioned at the intro how uh, the song's, like, the album's just emotionally draining. Yeah. It's, it's, ve- it's very much doing that. Yeah. And she's like, Jesus Christ. Dude. It's heavy. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't slow down. There's not like a... Let's just have fun tonight. We Let's have heroin. fun tonight. We love Let's heroin. have fun tonight. We Let's have heroin. fun tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no. We're from Seattle where it's sunny all the time. Nope. Not no. that album. Actually, that's actually we just heard like the lighter songs of this album. Now mm. we're about to go into uh, Lane Staley's side. So I, I don't know on a vinyl, but I think you flip at this point. Side A. I, 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 I'm gonna say you do. It could be bullshit, but I think this is this is the end of that. Oh, and quick cool thing they did on the we miss it. Is this the end? Yeah. They, but on the last verse, they do like cool military drums when he does that verse that you keep talking about that walking tall machine gun man. It's like drum. I'll go back for more. Yeah, listen. Is this walking tall? And drums are like military drums. Man. They spit on me. It's that march yeah. yeah. It's kind of cool, a little shot up. Another one of their biggest tunes. That song definitely exploded them into the uh, the mainstream. All right, but let's go into let's flip this track over and let's. Uh, we've been having so much fun with these pop songs. Let's get into the dark stuff. Seven. Junkhead. Junk. Songs about trash men.
I, uh, I actually find the song very inspiring. And fuck whatever he said after. This is actually absolutely a glorified song yeah, to drug use. Absolutely. And it should be. We, Come on. Not every song has to be a warning about it. Mm-hmm. There's some good things. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason people do heroin. A lot. Has well, it? not even. Yeah, but every drug. Because, yeah. yeah I, uh, Just God. trying to cope, man. Just trying to cope. So it opens up with the spoken word, the drummer, uh, going junk, fuck. And then they jump into it. Um, but it's kind of a funny song, too. This is Lane Stanley's uh, written this one. A good night, the best in a long time. A new friend turned me on to an old favorite. Nothing better than a dealer who's high. Be high, convince them to buy. Which, I bet you've dealt with people so high that you're like, hey, do you want some iron? He probably just sold you it. And he's like, yeah, what kind of you got? He's like, it's even better. It's like, it's the, and we're, we're now contra- uh, contradicting the uh, Ten Pack Commandments by the first BIGs. Don't get high on your own supply. supply. Yeah, that's and very important. Get high on your own supply, and then we'll all be high, man. I like that. Nothing would get done. Civilization would crumble. That's but, what uh, about. uh, and then right after that, that funny verse it's 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 always my it's one of my favorite choruses just the way he sings it in this like celebratory or just kind of like ah you know what i've been getting shit my whole life whatever what's my drug of choice well what have you got i don't go broke and i do it a lot like it's like the uh like, it's the counteraction like you're gonna lose all your money and yes you will do it if you're drugging i'm not yeah. fucking you always have to apologize for shit but there's a certain point where like i'm fucking doing it I'm living life, I see your boring ass life. Yeah, that, that second verse seems so sick uh, to the hip- hypocrite norm, running the boring, boring drills. But we are an elite race of our own. Yes. Junkies. I mean, the stunners, the junkies, and freaks. Yes. Are I... you happy, man? I am. Content and fully aware. Money status? Nothing's being. And it, he says it. Your life's yeah. Are you happy, man? I am. Content and folio yeah, Just kind of like Fuck you're, the, you're the one missing out I'm here I, yeah, We'll talk right now We'll talk face to face Yeah I called it like A call of arms To the stoners Junkies and freaks This is a call to um, Cause you can shit on them It's easy You should Just like people shit on poor people Like There's a purpose for everything It's easy to Go down on junkies And st- freaks But they, they're needed here in some weird way. Yeah, I know yeah, it. Yeah. I know it rips apart families. I understand yeah. that. I know we're in a PC time where everyone needs to be crystal clean. Fuck you. Hey, I always the way I the way I uh, try to well, mostly do just combat the disdain for junkies is man. I'm just lucky that my friends growing up and my friends now aren't into heroin. Yeah. You know that could have been my drug of choice. Luckily, it's just booze. Yeah, and occasional whatever. Yeah, whatever. But you know, if my friends were growing up in high school, were like, "Hey, man, you want to do some heroin?" Shit, man, I probably for sure would have done it. For sure would have done it. I I I hate I hate needles, so there's no way. Smoke heroin, whatever it is. I I know it was the one one. It was the one that was just like, if I, I go down here, I know where this is headed. For sure, but. Dude, not even having that temptation because no. it was just never around. Oh, right, right, right. Takes 50% of the fucking battle away. Sure, never if it's be not around, around, you're like, what am I going to do? If I'm, if, I, I just, I would imagine like in high school when we were at, like, at my friend's older brother's house uh, and we were all there smoking pot and drinking and like 
you know, doing other shit and, and doing stuff that we would obviously not be able to do in our parents' house than having this freedom to do it. Now, imagine in any state of mind, someone like, dude, you want to do heroin? You're like, all right, you're like, you do it. I'd never have that. Yeah. And or a couple of drinks in, you're sitting around. Exactly. Like, dude, yeah. I got exactly. You're like, order now? What are you doing tonight? Nothing. Oh no, I do it like fucking every other week. If somebody, a friend, or somebody you know says that, you're like, all right, yeah. I, mean, I guess I can and try like, a little dude, bit. They're like, dude, don't just fucking tonight. That's it. You and me, we'll just do it tonight. But that's, that's the same that. argument that someone's gonna make with you along acid or yeah. you know. Coke or whatever. Obviously, you can see the difference that it never works out. There's never that, like, your one functioning heroin no, friend. Heroin, ever. heroin success stories. It, I, the, but you can do a drug. I, I, I'm not trying to defend heroin use either, but, like, it, the stigma of all drugs is that, like, oh, well, if you just, this one could really fuck you up. But it's like the people who do heroin, I would imagine that a number of people who've done heroin aren't heroin junkies. Yeah. Does that make sense? And, not, and I'm not even defending heroin. I'm definitely not Statistically, heroin, it's pretty bad. But it's not that. You know what? Another thing to defend fucking heroin. I don't know why we need to, but whatever. Uh, it As far as, like, deterioration or, like, bad effects on your brain or your body, like, alcohol destroys your liver, destroys your brain. Heroin doesn't do that, but it, it fucking... It doesn't, like actually hurt the physical or the biological part of your body but your addiction level your the serotonin or whatever the hell that is off the charts and then you're that's your new religion so it's actually not like coke alcohol so much more worse for your actual physical body like your liver is just getting every time you have a drink it has to do so much more work in your Poisoning liver. me, man. Heroin doesn't... It's actually clean, quote, clean, as far as that. But you're fucking just... <clears throat> hunger. And then the second it goes away. Like, as a man out there in the world, you know your hunger for sex and needing to release your sperm, jerking off. Past that. So you're fucked. Because every guy knows... And it's never as good as the first time. Ever. It's always, yeah, it's a cliche chasing that dragon. It, it, Lane Stanley, I was reading, I was trying to read a couple of reviews before this. He would, he knew, he, he did it. He said it was fun for the first couple months and it was terrible. And then he would get out and he would, he'd be like, I just, I want to try it one more time because maybe, maybe I could go back to the way it was. And it was never the same. Always horrible. Everything fell apart. His relationship fell apart. So there's never a good story. So we're not promoting that. Yeah, I mean, I've had, I've had my own personal, you know, Issues where it's just like, oh man, like, I, 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 okay, this, this, I, look, all right, look, I'll finish this bag or I'll, whatever it is, yeah. and then you're, and like the first time you do whatever it is, it's never gonna be that good. It never is. No. But you'll die fucking trying. Yeah. Because even I've, I've been in places, I've been in times of my own where I'm like, I know what this, I know what this is, I know how I'm reacting to drug A, B, or C, or D. And this is like pure, I know what this does to people and I'm falling for it. I'm like cognizant enough to know exactly what I'm doing and I don't like it, but let's just try that one, let's just try that one. Yeah, well, you you almost want to be the guy that like can beat what everyone said you couldn't beat. Like, well, those pussies couldn't handle it. I'll I'll show show them. them. It's, It's easy. 
and the the final verse um, before he goes into the chorus again is you can't understand a user's mind but try with your books and degrees if you let you go if you let yourself go and open your mind I bet you'd be doing like me and it ain't so bad and there's something to be said about that I it, it, times have changed since 1992 it's been 25 years so the the thing that I've been listening to is a lot of uh, drug therapists are actually ex drug addicts or drug takers and I, I definitely respect people who are trying to help people that have actually done drugs. At least tried it. A guy that just read about it in a book and just knows the chemical composition, they're absolutely their 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 point of view is should be taken. But you don't know, man. You just don't know. Like you can't even put your you're like. Oh, it's so easy to it's so easy to stand on a soapbox no matter what you're fucking doing, and and say, oh well, you know. Well, the uh, chemical properties and the way it affects your brain, um, it's just really deteriorates your health and your teeth and all that stuff. And you be yeah. that nerd that's like, have you ever gotten high on fucking heroin, man? Yeah, it, it, especially then you're putting, then you're just doing compositions, in, and then we have that whole issue of the difference between acid and, and mushrooms and pot and acid or and heroin and crystal meth. You can't just say drugs; they they all deserve their own space. Mm-hmm. And, and talk about it, not just drugs. Yeah. Big, huge tent. Coffee's um, a drug, man. Coffee's a drug. You know, it is. I mean, it is, and it's I'm definitely sure addicted to coffee. But uh, it's, I, I like the song the, could be about coffee. The the it's. I was having a discussion recently about uh, about acid and the and the sort of stigma acid has. It's just like, oh, just be careful, man. Just be careful, man. That's how I look at it. Is dude, just be careful with it. And and but. Everybody reacts to it. Heroin obviously is the drug yeah. that people say. It's but never, it's like if you can do heroin, if you've done heroin, then you just you can. I'd imagine it'd be a lot of years would be like, oh, okay, I get it. Like once you've done coke or once you've done acid, you're like, oh, okay. Well, now I can speak upon it a little bit more. Yeah. Whereas where the people are like, oh, dude, heroin, that shit's the worst. Well, really, have you ever done heroin? Oh no, but you know, and you talk, and, and, and again, it's the word kind of just tangentially speaking yeah. here now about about drugs that, I, that I've never done. But I get his point of view. Yeah. And he is... Before you of, start jumping on my neck, if you done it. Exactly. Exactly. Like, And not not only like, it, not quite a don't knock until you try it vibe, but don't knock me until you try it. Well, I think it's more just a frustration of being... The media is coming at him. Everyone's coming at him. Fucking junkie. He's like, I get it, but if so, if you're gonna come, if this is a war, then I'm coming with my fucking. I'm not just gonna go down and cower. Well, and he is right because who? Chances are, if you're being judgmental of another, like uber judgmental of another dude who has a drug problem, chances are you've never done drugs because people who've done drugs, you're like, like, I get it. I get it. That sucks. I get it. In my family, I'm dealing with it. Continuously fucked up life because of drugs, and the rest of my family is just like, "Fuck that guy! Fuck that guy! Piece of shit! He's a fucking piece of shit!" And don't get me wrong, he's a piece of shit. Yeah. But it's just like, ah, I can kind of like, he got dealt a shitty hand, and that's what he got hooked yeah. up to. Well, yeah. Like, I just, I, and again, it's not excusing his behavior, but I can be a little bit more empathetic. The, the, for his fall instead of you junkie stupid motherfucking piece of shit for like, sure people go to that way too negative that he's just a horrible loser well he's just another guy that got caught in this fucking hellhole but the one thing with heroin is that 
even if you've never done it, most likely you got some family member or a friend or a friend of a friend, again, that you're never like, oh no, this guy, he's got a beautiful wife and kids. And like, yeah, he does heroin every once in a while. That's fun. He does at the cookouts. social heroin. We do, we, we have cookouts. <laughs> a little heroin cookout. You know, it's just never, like, I've never heard that story. <coughs> I don't have friends that have that story. No one has that story. I mean, Coke has it. That, I mean, just to show, like, Coke would be like, ah, oh, he's a cokehead, but he's a good dude. And heroin, like, you almost never hear. Yeah, heroin's any, like, Coke's, Coke's like the, it's on, the, it's just like, yeah. Ne there's never like a cokehead. There's a guy that does coke. Yeah. But a cokehead? Nah, I don't hear no. the good story there no. either. No. The guy does coke every once in a while, for sure. Uh, as we me. talk about. It scared me so bad. What's up? It's little Dexter. there. Yeah. yeah. It's gross. We're talking about music, Dex. Do you want to say hello? Come say hi. Hold on. Listen. Say hi to the mic. You'll hear your voice. Hi. Uh. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Nice. Yeah. All right. We had a special guest from our eight-year-old's uh, sidekick, Dexter. He Rock and roll. Every now and then, we've heard him on the uh, on some of our. Uh, End of podcast. End of podcast. Yeah, he's uh, he's been self-named by my friend Doug Rock and Roll Dex. Rock and Roll Dex. And uh, he came in. He said the some profound words. Mm -hmm. Hey. Hey. You know what? If you that's, that's the beauty of youth. That's introduction. <laughs> that's how you meet someone. Hey. Hey. Don't just stare and stare at someone. Say hey. Uh, yeah, we're all different. Uh. So. So quite the tangent there on drunk heavy. Yeah. Guilty. Sorry, we went off on a. On the drug uh, tangent of different drugs, but yeah, I, I do get mad when people put drugs in one fucking cloud of the same thing. It's just it's, be smarter. You're, people. you're a drunkie, you're a junkie, you're a junkie. It's like mm, there's, it's a little more nuanced than that. Just like everything fucking else in life, there's yeah. a little more nuanced than that. There's all different and types of put yeah. yourself in their shoes, and you know, obviously everything has its limits, and you reach the limits, but don't be so quick. But seriously, right off yeah. What do, you, but what do you got? Yeah. What's your drug? Well, what do you got? What do you got? Because uh, like the, uh, I don't know what type of mood I'm in tonight, but uh, what do you got? What do you got? It's the you know? it's the rebel without a cause line. Is uh, what do you? Is there a rebel without a cause? Anyways, what is that, it? That moderation of, and moderation. I wasn't gonna say that. No, Neil Young had a line on uh, on Mark Maron's podcast, and he said. Uh, Everything in moderation, including moderation. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes you go heavy. It's that line in, in uh, Rebel Without a Cause. Uh, what do you have to rebel against? What do you got? Yeah. Um, and, and and we can take Lane Stanley as a scientific project and go, okay, well, Lane, let's see. We followed you from this trajectory on. Where are you now? Dead. Yep. So maybe don't do heroin. Guys, thanks. Just for the betterment of yourself. I get it. I get you need to. You're uh, you're in a town, and uh, you need some uh, something to make you feel alive again. I get it. I understand. It wasn't uh, Rebel Without a Cause. It was the Wild One. I knew it was Marlon Brando, not James Dean. Um, what are you rebelling against, Johnny? What do you got? Just wanted to correct myself. Just, yeah, try your best there, people. Mm -hmm. We love you. 
So let's go to a more happy song, Dirt. No, dirt. no, I'm sorry. This is still dark. Oh, uh, it's not a happy one? Nope. It's a cloudy day in hell, friends. I'm waiting for the happy song, but uh, I guess we'll go on to the... It's not eponymous. The title track. Yes. The title track of the album. This is a weird one. Song number eight. of dirty you just feel it just kind of crawling all around you it's that wah guitar again and yeah double vocals and they do like to stretch out the first vocal ah, da, 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 da. he loves that he loves the ah, it, it's very it's a psychedelic way to, to do a song you know everything sounds elongated and stretched and that's kind of a psychedelic feeling but I mean, this song is very intense on the psychedelic drive. <laughs> it's everything's kind of coming at you and stretching and bending. The wah guitar does a good job of that. I w- never felt such frustration. Yeah, this lack is of self-control. I want you to kill me and dig me under. So, quick story: like in my twenties, uh, live with our, our one of our buddies, Brendan. Um, We'd have many drunken nights or coke-filled nights, whatever. And uh, we'd wake up, and I would come out to the kitchen, and I would always do the, you know, we'd be cooking eggs, and I would just, I want you to kill me and dig me under. I would always sing those lines because they're hilarious. And it's not in a real way. It was just like, I feel horrible. That was my way. Yeah, so it was just funny to sing those lines, and Brendan would laugh, and it was just like so. That became my like cheers, like hey everyone, (laughs) like how you doing? I want you to kill me. Um, So obviously this song, well, you kind of skipped over the last couple, but this definitely goes back to the cover, Dirt. I mean, this is the well. First of all, it says Dirt on the 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 name of the album. Yep. 
But this, he even says, uh, it, where is it? Um, it makes me feel like dirt. You have the talent to make me feel like dirt. You are so special. It's burying someone down under it now. Easily can go to the heroin aspect of it, too. Um, but it's also someone just making you feel like shit. Most likely a drug, but, or a woman. And I think uh, there was one quote he did during a live show where it was pretty much, a girl who tore my heart out, fuck that bitch. That was said once during a show. Again, we, we don't need to know. It doesn't. There's no exact reason for the song, but... You can you, really you can hear someone who's who just made you feel horrible that you thought you trusted. You know when you have that moment, you're just like, wow, this one person, and they just totally just flipped the script, and they just were just like, they they could care less if you're dead. And that's usually a breakup with a with a significant other because you went from being like, you were having sex in a bed one night to all of a sudden they're like, I don't ever want to see you again. You know. That's kind of you make me feel like dirt. Contrasting, so contrasting. Your mom never says that to you. Your dad's never like, you know what, George? Like you've been a good son. I'd never want to see you again. (laughs) But there's that woman, or woman for us, woman Mm -hmm. that could do that to you and just be like, wow, you made me feel like dirt. I want you to kill me and dig me under. And it's not even necessarily the woman's fault. Oh no no no! And it's not what I'm saying. You were doing, but it's just like, wow, you have a power that I don't think you knew you were aware of. Yeah, well, 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 (laughs) and then you get older, and that's why I think people get so scared, uh, afraid of getting into new relationships because you're like, I know that this is cool, but you could bury me again. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be buried again. I've been buried. I don't want to be buried. Yeah, I dug myself out of this. I'm a fucking (laughs) zombie right now. I'm gonna keep pushing the dirt I, off. I just got feelings back, yeah. and you might fuck that up. Mm-hmm. Right here, you know what I like about the song? Middle, middle. Do you get that Middle Eastern feeling? This like, and then with my vocals again, he does. He, he jumps on again with the. I love that. No, he doesn't have to jump on the shit. It, it, it would work without him, but it, it's so much better with him doing it. You can feel that he's riding that. The wave that we it's talked like about. His little, his little, uh, his yeah, sca- his yeah. Grunge scatting. Yeah, grunge scat. But there, there's no doubt. I'm not gonna hide behind. There's a drug-addled self-destruction, very heavy to this song. Um, very dark that he goes with the uh, one of the most happiest verses of all time. I wanted, I wanted to taste a. A dirty stained pistol in my mouth on my tongue. I want you to scrape me from the walls and go crazy like you made me. Yeah, and uh, I felt that he way. was kind of found that way, which he kind of called it. You know, uh, almost 20 years to the or 10 years to the date, 1992. He died in 2002. He was found in his apartment, um, on a rainy dead day. for like two weeks on a rainy day. He died on the same day as Kurt Cobain, but he was found really? two weeks later. Him and I didn't know that. Yeah, Jill didn't know that either. I know she was like, "What?" I was like, "Yeah." Well, they like traced it, mm-hmm. so they found him two weeks after. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, he was on. Um, he was on. Uh, he was getting money through the money they made. They were so big. He he had constant money, kind of barely any. So he was just up in his apartment, just doing heroin for six years. And uh, then his manager called his mom. Was like, "I haven't heard anything." Blah blah blah. They sent someone up. He's been there. He weighed uh, eighty-six pounds. 
That's like a little train shot. when I die. Yeah, the, the guy at least backed up his words. Jesus. I'll give him that. Um, There's a picture on Wikipedia of Lance Staley where he's like wearing like a brown leather jacket and glasses on and he's singing. This looks like such a pan. No, there's yeah, no, there's there's other ones. They they have a couple home pictures of him with friends at a party and you can start seeing that John Frusciante like. Uh, it's like this, like, like it's like this, like your skin's like um. It's like you can scrape it off. I don't even know. It's like plastic. It's like made, it, 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 like you have the skin, but you have you're basically skin and bones. But the fat, yeah, is, there's no fat. You're just the skin hanging off here. But there is like almost a fat too. But it's like this f- fake flesh. But there's a picture of him like that. And you're just like, oh, he does not look good. I know, but he. I, I will get it, give it to him as far as stylish. Like, he was always changing his style. He yeah. always looked pimp. Yeah. Good looking, Got, dude. Good looking. Oh, great looking, yeah. dude. And just, yeah, just a front man. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But terribly, uh, must have been a pain in the ass. Uh, yeah, a Middle Eastern vibe this whole song. Not a heavy, heavy metal song, just this psychedelic Middle Eastern almost like a meditation song you know like it's it's if you let go of the heaviness of it it's very like fluidy and just kind of is evolving in this weird it's it's that wah Mm -hmm. it's everything in the song and it almost sounds like he's singing slow down you know he's singing so slow it's like just sludgy 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 but that's not easy to do everyone wants to be like more upbeat and like if you were allowed to sing over that, you, everyone would come out with more of like a standard thing. He's just got this like slitherly. I'll find my place. Don't worry about it. You know, like he, he, he and in the same way Maynard does that too. Yeah. And it, it, like being a, not even a heavy music singer, like you, they're like always like yeah, 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 yeah. Just like the well, obvious. Doing the, yeah. Yeah, you're actually singing. Singing, yeah, singing, yeah. singing. And about those guys, uh, no real you know, comparison between Staley and, 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 and Maynard, but yeah, there's the, the great ones that find their place. Though uh, there is a good, we'll, we'll find it, Maynard comes out with Allison Chains for one of their like first reunion shows. After And he does a good Staley's job on one of these songs. Yeah. Um, it might be Them Bones. Yeah, I think he did do them ones. Yeah, it's pretty and dope. They had like West, so th- there's they had definitely a few different people on the. They basically came back. Yeah, they had some of the big singers. As, yeah, um, Puddle of Mud dude, I know is one of them. West uh, Scantlin. Yeah, West Scantlin. Which say what you want about Puddle Mud, but she fucking hates me. Uh, Dirk. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll get to the history of of House and Chains and what you know where they are now. They've they've sort of moved on. Yeah. Uh, not in a way that, to me at least, doesn't seem like a, like they're like, oh, well, we, we have the name. We're living we the going. glory days. The new, the new dude. Uh, do you want to get it at, to it after, or do you want to? We'll do it get into it after, but like, there's, I, I, I'm not like one of those. I'm not a diehard Alice in Chains fan, so I don't know. Like, I can't yeah. speak for like you, for example. I don't know how you feel about uh, about the new dude. The the uh, the devil put dinosaurs here. If that's what it's called. Yeah. The, the second to last, the last yeah. record they put out. Pretty fucking dope. The new dude, like, he's not trying to be Lance Yeah. He's doing his own thing. The rest, of, I'm 
for, I'm okay with that. I'm for, okay with what they're doing. Yeah, I guess we'll, we'll quickly jump into it. I, yeah, I was going to talk about it at the end, but who gives a shit? Um, yeah, the, the, so they made two new albums after uh, Lane died, after the third album. There was one more album that, well, they did Unplugged, and then they came out with the Tripod album, which is a self-titled album. Really fucking great album, but even heavier and darker than this, if you can believe that. Like, that album's tough, but it's, it, it's yeah. one of my favorites, too. That one's special to me. Then they came out with Black uh, Blues, Black is the Way to Blue. Yep. And um, that actually has Elton Mike John. Star? El- he's, he's done at this point. No, he's dead. No, now. Um, at that point? Because it, it's... Oh, yeah, he played on that. Yeah, yeah. He played on that. So, yeah, when after, Jer- after Jerry died... Uh, Lane, Lane. I'm sorry, after Lane died, everybody stayed. And that's why when they kind of made their comeback, yeah. it was like, oh, it's everybody but the lead song. Yeah. And they got, you know. Yeah, it wasn't just Jerry Cantrell and a whole bunch of new dudes. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's tough because Lane Stanley is such a powerful voice. And yeah, they did find uh, a voice that was. Um, it, it didn't copy it, but he could do their old songs and mm-hmm. sound legit, but not sound just like a fucking karaoke singer. Yeah, like. Uh, uh, William Duvall. Sorry, yeah, we gotta give well, this fucking guy a name. And he's a badass. Yeah, he's great. He, really, he was in. Um, and while he's looking up, I, this is just my own opinion. I, the the dinosaurs album, the the last one they put out is is decent. The uh, black gives way to blue, I think is a solid album. Like that's a great fucking comeback album. Um, just an all around great Allison Chains album. You could see them doing that even with Lane, um, as middle aged men. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not going to write mm-hmm. this shit anymore. I, I don't like when people keep thinking that someone's going to write something that they wrote when they were 20. It's like, first of all, you were kind of stupid. Same thing with comedy. It's like, you're not going to tell this, <laughs> those kind of jokes. Like, you've... I'm not going to feel that way about drugs or feel that way about relationships. I've done it for 20 years. Now I have a totally different perspective on life. Or even music. You might not have the energy to have that, like, that rush. I get that. It might... I feel like they've slowed down into this... They need to figure out where they exist and like, uh, I don't know, the Dinosaur album was good, but I just felt like it was a little too monotonous of the same. Mm-hmm. But Black Gives Way to Blue, I would definitely, if you're going to figure out one of those albums that you want to listen to, or listen to them both, obviously, but Black Gives Way to Blue is an impressive uh, comeback album. Um, yeah, and Elton John and, plays on the title track, the piano. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, it... it it, it's kind of, and, and again, being like a dude, if like, like, and Tom York died, and the guys from Radiohead went on without him, I'd just be like, wow, Jesus Christ, I don't know. So it's I, different I, though I because Tom York, Tom York writes almost all of it. Yeah, all so the lyrics. Lane, so did Lane Staley. No, Jerry Cantrell writes the most lead, of it. lead singer is such a fucking. No, but, he, but Jerry Cantrell writes a lot of, like, he wrote half of the lyrics. Yeah. You know, yeah. there is that one thing. Sure, yeah. Ra- I, I, Radiohead are. Tom York writes all the lyrics, yeah. so you just you all of a sudden it's like, are you gonna write the lyrics now? You know that it's that type of thing. They already were like, well, I already wrote half, so I'll do half. We'll continue and you just sing along. Yeah. Basically, have the same band dynamic. But no one else in Radiohead does that, so yeah. th- all of a sudden you're like, all right, now you have to write something. Play guitar, or he, like, not, he plays rhythm not, in two songs. Yes, yeah, but he's not the guitar player. Not at all. The guy. He's no. The, yeah. He's the uh, interpreter of. The of SDP song. guy. What's his name? Wow. Scott Wyland. Yeah, Wyland, you know, the guys, the bad yeah. motherfuckers. I wish Chris Cornell would do it a little bit more, or would do that too. The, the frontman. The, the frontman. Yeah. You know, straight up frontman. Um, 
And I, I, I like, again, what, what my own point is, I like it. I don't know what dead, ha- dead uh, diehard Allison Chase fans think. Um, but uh, Will Duvall is pretty dope. Yeah, uh, no, they definitely comes, have it. Comes the Fall was his band that I knew. Um, they haven't tarnished the name. I'll give them no, that. Exactly. Like show the, respect. Like how uh, Sublime with Rome. Like they have the new guy and it's cool, but it's definitely or, like or Blind doing, Melon. Yeah, like we're you're doing karaoke. And I get it. I understand why everyone has to move on. Everyone has to make money and live lives and and be. If the rest of the guys in the band. Can yeah, it's not fair to everyone else. It sucks. It's because you died to everyone else. I get it. But let's. Just as a it. fan, as a you know, but a, I, as I, a fan of the band, I will admit. Yeah. I did think about that. I'll, I'll admit that Allison James is being genuine to what they've always been. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like they're selling out or any of that bullshit. And they know, and they know, you know, Lane best in, in that in this in be like, well, what would he want? This is his, this is kind of his band. This is his band. Yeah. What well, would would he be okay with us staying Allison James, or do we have to become this new thing? It's like, let the guy go. Yeah. You know what I mean? The guy died, and we're gonna move on. I. Again, I have no problem with it. it. It's really for the fans, because when he died, they did when they did do the reunion tour. They kind of were like, "Hey, fans, what do you guys want to do? Should we like do a whole new thing? Or do you guys want to hear us do new shit under Alice in Chains? Yeah. Where we can continue to sing and play Alice in Chains songs." Yeah. And I'm not sure how they went about doing it. Basically, they got the fans' blessing, like keep doing that, keep doing it as Alice in Chains. Well, it's it's weird. You never hear about it in any other type of musician. For some reason in a rock bands or whatever, it's like you need to stop once that guy died. I get it, but they're musicians. Like this is what they do. Are they supposed to just go and be accountants now? Like, yeah, it's not even that. It's just, just put under like, a new name. Now that that's ultimately what you would, I, I would think is like. And, and again, I guess it goes back to if the guy wrote the songs. He didn't. He wrote half of the songs. If that New Order, Jerry, New Jer- Order didn't stay Jordan. Jerry Cantrell writes most, almost all of the songs yeah. and the lyrics. Yeah. No, fair enough. And he sings the the backup. He sings yeah. some. And, and, and yeah. on the on the last album before uh, he died, the the big hits, uh, he, uh, Heaven Beside You and Over Now, are actually sung by Jerry Cantrell. Mm-hmm. So he could he could carry the weight yeah. and still write the no, pop I, songs. I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. yeah. I, it was more just like me. And they got the blessings of, of the fan. Ultimately, yeah. that's what matters. It's and I actually... Band, I, not every band can do that. That's my whole point. Is not every band could do that. Austin Chains can continue to stay Austin Chains and people won't come see them. And I never got to see them during that time even though that was right in my teenage years because he had such drug problems that they never toured. But I saw them on the, not in the last tour, but on the comeback, 2007 or whatever. Unbelievable. At the yeah. Palladium. So yeah. fucking good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And they played all this shit. And yeah, William Duvall sounded with, great. With, yeah, yeah. William Duvall. Yeah, I remember at that time, what, what David died in 2002? Yep. So yeah, I, I, I was a Alice in Chains, like, out, uh, outside family. I like those guys. We didn't have friends necessarily that... Like Dawson Chains, but like, I, I was paying attention to that. I remember. Yeah, like, I always wonder how they're gonna. You know, you always wonder how every band's gonna connect to the next generation. Do, do people give a shit about them? Or I, again, mine shit just goes down to like 
good tunes. Hearing and hearing that at like my uncle's house and my cousin playing that, or it was like I wasn't the guy listening to. I wasn't Alice in Chains. I wasn't a, like a heavy grunge dude. Yeah. But having that in my back pocket, like all right, well I'm gonna listen to heavy shit. It's gonna be Deftones, Tool, Alice in Chains is one of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, Pantera, I love Pantera, and just like right around the same time, just kind of all. I'd already even kind of fallen out of the heavy music, and I was, I was moving on to you know, different different stuff then. But uh, yeah, I, I the new the new guy really well, I'm, like, I'm, I, I'm a fan of them continuing. That's that. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll end it. No, no, we we just cannot move on from songs. All right, here we go. <laughs> We're gonna try to move on. <laughs> Here's uh, number nine. This is uh, hilarious, though. It's Godsmack. They're so good. She that fucking hates me. That's not Godsmack. I'm not the one who's so far away when I feel the light into my brain. Kind of another one that's like kind of pro drug, but kind of like th- this. You no, know, well, you know what it is? What is it for me before I get in? Tell me, Charlie. Tell me. So, uh. It's almost like, uh. I don't know. It's. Yeah, this voice right here is disturbing. It's so system of a downy. It's very the sick, man. Yeah, it's yeah. a sick, man. But then, then all of a sudden this angel voice comes in, you know, it's just beautiful. And then listen to the big chorus. Yeah, so, I don't know, it's, it, this song's got this weird, like, almost like two different people talking to each other. It's got this sick man who's like, mm, kind of warning you, and then all of a sudden it's like, what in God's name have you done? Stick your arm for some real fun, and this is beautiful high voice. Yeah. So you get this guy, one being the guy, like, 
Dude, everything is gonna be horrible if we go down this point. And then all of a sudden it's just like, but come to heaven, bro. Yeah. But and Godsmack, it's it's drug is a religion to people. It it absolutely bomb is. Bomb ass heroin. Yeah. Uh, what in God's name have you done? Stick your arm for some real fun. Um, it's so such you're, so a perfect day. So your sickness weighs a ton? In God's name is smack for some. You know, you could you could talk you talk to a drug addict and you could say whatever you want and they're just all they're thinking about is the next hit. They just that's that's their church. Even like dudes who've been sober for fucking ten years. Oh my years god, they're the worst. Like, how do you fight that demon? You're like, dude, I met single. Day. I met this girl. She's great. And he's like, yeah. Is it as good as hit her heroin? He's like, no, I don't know. He's like, that shit was good. I, I mean, it. I'm doing better now. I go on walks in the park. Yeah, I've been sober for like 30 years, but <laughs> every day I think about that hit. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I never. It keeps me from heroin. No, that's what I never wanted to be the guy, and and I kind of some days I'll be like, dude, have you ever done acid? Have you ever been super high? And you know, you get that like moment, you're like, you've never on been weed. that high, but it's never been that. So it's like, you haven't done it. You need to do it. You will not live. Like I kind of believe like... that. I, I feel bad if you've never done acid ever. I'm just like, ah, ah. but but not in a way that you're like. Not in a way it's like, dude, do it. I'll do it with you now. We'll do it together. Okay, I'm back, dude. Some of my guys still have to. It's not, it's like, okay, that's fine. It's like, all right, well, you should try it. You know, go. If you feel comfortable with a girlfriend or a best friend, go do it. It's a beautiful thing. But I'm like, no, do it. Please. I'll shoot it in the demon. I'll shoot it in my veins and you suck it out of my blood. Oh, shotgun it, dude. I think it works the same. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've been that way with, with certain things. It, it's more just like, oh, dude, you haven't experienced it. I can't imagine being, like, heroin being the thing where you're like, dude, you have to experience it. You have to experience it. Like, if you could just, I mean, if you've been on Oxycontin, or you've been on, like, high doses of morphine, like, just imagine that. But you shoot it in your veins. Yeah. Like now, farm, you know, pharmaceutical drugs and stuff like oxycontin and profanol. Profanol? Just there's synthetic versions of this now, and like that's why that's such a huge fucking epidemic because it's just like, oh, it's heroin without you know the needles and all that shit, and you can get that same. Uh, the closest I can probably, I don't know. Like I, I always imagine it where you just feel like. You know when you're on a certain certain drug and just a, like a complete bliss, but for an extended period of time where you're just like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I've never done Aaron. The closest I've done is oxycontin. Um, snorted it, never, whatever. And uh, I, I, I get, I get, and I, I, I get it. It was a great feeling. I did the whole, you know, open your arms up, lay on the carpet. I've actually gone out and like dance at a nightclub once on it. Like you're just fucking wild. You feel fucking horrible after. But in, in that moment, yeah, you're godlike. Mm -hmm. And this, that must be next level godlike. Um, but Godsmack is more almost like a, um, what did I? I wrote, don't trust an addict. That, 
Uh, Coming out of uh, dirt. It's rich. Or junkhead. It it is. It's those two voices. It's like, I guess, and again, if you've never been with a drug addict, like hung out with, dated one, your your family member is one, they're fucking conniving weird people, dude. Mm -hmm. They're not even looking at you as a human. You're, You're in the way. They see the yep. drug behind yep. your they're head. They're trying to look behind you. And they're like, yeah. how do I bullshit this fucking asshole to just get me that fucking mm-hmm. drug again? Mm-hmm. And that's the darkest thing. They're zombies. Mm-hmm. They're fucking zombies. Yeah, they're not horrible people, but they're just, they're not a there's person. There's something else. There's something else that they're yeah. chasing. And it's not you. No. They don't and, give a and, shit. And they will steal from you. And they will lie. And they will cry. And they'll give their sad story. Um, just to get for some real fun. Stick your arm for some of the fun. It's it's a very selfish way of living, I guess. It's... That's the whole point. It's about me, man. But then, do you blame them when you realize that we're all gonna end up being a pile of bones? Well, we go back to the first it's, song. It's it's the it's journey, always going back to the that journey first... that we're all on, and everybody takes a different path, um, you know, from start to finish, and. I, Honestly, like every time I think about heroin, it's just like, thank God my friends didn't do it. That's all I can say. Yeah. It's just thank God my friends didn't do it. Watching um, Pulp Fiction and uh, Chain Spotting as a kid just made it seem to me like, holy shit, this is something people are willing to ruin their lives over. Yeah, and I think I think that's what Lane thought he was doing was. Like kind of doing a train spotting thing. Like his warning, guys. But music's so much different than movies. And train spotting to me was more, way more like I kind of want to fucking me try too. that. Okay. Than, uh, yeah. Me too. Than it was a warning. Song. Me too. Yeah. Even even um, even Pulp Fiction too. Like that dude. That scene where in Pulp Fiction where he where they do the close up of the of the needle and yeah. plunges it into him and then a little bit of you know yeah. sucking sucking in a little bit yeah and a little bit of blood goes into the needle and then. He punches it out. I remember just being like, as a 13, 14 year old, just like, shit, that looks cool as fuck. It just looks cool. This looks cool, man. And you're shooting up, and it wasn't even the shooting up, it was the way, to, obviously, Tarantino shoots his thing, shoots everything, and it just looks cool. And even train spotting was like, you know, all these guys had their, like, the. the even with even with the, the withdrawals and train spotting that he had, where he's like, where even McGregor's character is like the baby oh, dying the, the baby oh yeah because they left the baby in the fucking to die the, yeah to die it I don't know and it could just be a me thing but and 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 this isn't me like this isn't a cry for help I don't plan on ever doing it but the appeal of heroin is all I'm saying is that I can totally understand I can totally understand it and then once the appeal once you give in to the appeal then yeah excuses are up yeah it's it's, it's over yeah Great drumming in this. Smack. Great drumming in this song. <laughs> oh, and there's a solo like at the first like. And, and I have to keep saying though. Wow! 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 This wah is all over this album. I, it's so understated, but this is a wah album. <laughs> yeah, this hey, is the dirty solo. It 
it's a drug addict song. Yeah. It sounds disturbing. Yeah. It just sounded like kind of like, like that wasn't pretty, but it was. Like, dope. Just imagine like doing a rail of like a rail of cocaine. He's like, that's it, and the producers like, the producers like, can you know? He's like, that was it. That was it. No, no, no. Uh, no, no, that was it. I that felt that it. one. <laughs> that scared us, kids. We don't even have any more tape. It, it's it's a very beautiful chorus. The mm-hmm. or not even a chorus. That part. You know, you get the arms ray. Well, I'm doing arms ray. It doesn't mean everyone. And then it goes to this weird disturbing. All right. Um, so we're quickly gonna go into this weird. You know, every album, every concept album has some weird. Uh, segue this is a 43 second it's it's called untitled but i remember on my cd it was untitled and it was called iron man too uh, uh yeah and itunes i think they called it on my, uh, so let's just quickly let's quickly go into it and then it's it's not a real song and then we'll just move on to hate to feel but let's just listen to it this is uh untitled iron man So just quick and then we'll move on because this isn't a real song. So he says, I am Iron Glenn. He throws out Red Rum, of course, from uh, Jack Nicholson. Uh, help me out, Shining. Uh, Red Rum on the thing. And, and the, 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 the quick, this riff right there. It's so like cheesy. Jerry Curtell would play it all the time and the band would be like stop fucking playing that riff it's horrible <laughs> and he's just like they're like no one likes that so you keep playing it yeah. and everyone hated it so much they're just like let's just add it to our album dan, dan. it's so retarded and just whatever alright that was that uh, Hate to Feel song number 11 
I'm calling it now. The days and confused of the 90s. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. This is definitely one of my favorites uh, still. It, it, it's, dude, it's very days and confused. Like the, that descending. So dope. So dope. Phil. Yeah. Phil. Yeah. Fill it with Phil's. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Ch- I, I, I wrote down choppy stop drums. Oh, and then this. Got that down. So, alright, right here. It's the same thing as the chorus, but he does the stop drums and does these cool fills. And then it goes heavy, but he just stops the fills. He goes just. It's the same riff. It's just the drums picking up. So hate to feel. If we're go if we're going on the drug addict thing of the Lane Stanley side of this album, what he was trying to show is there the whole you know, when I said it was a glorified junkhead was a glorified love song of drugs. It was. And cause you first doing drugs, you're like, dude, it's not a big deal. And the dirt is just like all of a sudden I feel horrible. Godsmack is just you're just a loser and like this is your new religion and now it's just hate to feel now you just like What what he what he was trying to show is that it's a progression of just horribleness So yeah, you're gonna feel that moment of like dude Everyone's been telling me my whole life that this has been a waste, you know This will be a waste of my time, but I feel like I can conquer the world yeah, that line, gotta change, set a date, eat my yeah. cake, lick my plate. I, that just, like, okay, as a, like, oh, dude, I'm gonna, as a f- cigarette smoker, and former cigarette smoker, dude, like, it's like, dude, alright, at the end of the, like, that's, this is me just equating my fucking addictions. Like, oh yeah, dude, at the end of the year, like this, I'm gonna, I gotta change, let's set a date. And that eat my cake, lick my, uh, eat my cake, lick, lick my plate is like, alright, like, I'm gonna, this is my cake, this is the last thing I'm gonna do, and then you're done with the thing, ah, ah, you lick the bag of the fucking hair, you lick the bag of the coke, you lick, you're trying to get every last little thing, that just shows like, oh dude, there's no chance you're gonna fucking quit this Yeah, thing. you're not done. There's no chance no. you're gonna quit this If you're done, you're like, fuck, I, I can't finish, you wouldn't even do, you wouldn't, yeah. I can't figure, finish this pack of blow, I can't finish this fucking hair, because I'm done, I'm just yeah. done. Yeah. Well, if you're trying to quit, you're not licking the inside of the plate. Like, ah, I don't have to buy anymore. But, ah, I'll lick it. Yeah. It's just like, like, yeah, man, I get it. Yeah, I'm a, on a small, on a small, uh, on a small, shallow level. I get that. Yeah, it's it's a detox or break moment. It's either I'm I'm really gonna try to change here, or it's over, and yeah. I'm just going darker and darker. Yeah. And it's got three different feels. It's got the it's it's got the days are confused. The what's going wrong? I can't feel it. So it's got that part. And then it's got the your part. The gotta change. Set a day. Set a day. And then it's got the all this time I swore I'd never be. And this is the line that I love. All this time I swore I'd never be like my own man. What the hey? Not even what the fuck. What the hey? It's time to face exactly who I am. What the hey line is so dope because it's like, oh, that's like an old man. That's like a what the hey? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, and uh, and uh, and his 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 dad was, as I've said earlier, was a drug addict, and it's so it's such a sad story too. He's his dad was a drug addict, out of the out of the, you know, not not in his life at all. He becomes big rock star. Dad shows up. 
And what do you think they did, George? Did they go to walk in the park? What do you well, guess? guess that it had to do with shooting him. Oh, bingo. Oh, hey, son, George, for the win. Son. I'm writing that some, down. Some dads go to fucking baseball games and football games with their sons. I just wrote down a star for George for the day. Sometimes we do heroin. That's right. His dad showed back up into his life and did heroin with him. You know those kids growing up where like they would be like, oh no, it's totally cool if my mom smokes pot. Like They'd be like, my mom smokes pot with me. Yeah. I was wondering, like, how the fuck do those parents like Compartmentalize that. To, to turn that off. Yeah. Like, I just got high with them, and now yeah. we're going to go to work, and I'm going to tell them to eat his vegetables. Like, the, the least I can do be like, all right, me and dad, like, let's get drunk together. That's like, it. Me and my dad don't do that. I want to be able to do that with my kids because my dad, my dad personally, he's not, he's a good Christian dude, he doesn't drink and all that shit. With my kid, I, I can't wait to, like, fucking toast him. Toast him. When like, he's of age. Fucking, uh, uh, of course. Yeah. But, like, those kids that I like, grew up with, like, parents that smoke, like, Smoke being like that is the most aggressive. But imagine like a dad. I'm sure, dude, that dad was just thinking that the whole time. Fuck, this is my son. Junkie or not junkie, you're doing heroin with your kid. Well, it's it's not it's it's again it's the drug addict. You can't trust them at all, dude. They'll do anything, and they see money, and then it's like, dude, I'm your you're my boy. You got that from me. Yeah, I'm the one. I'm the one who gives you. How about we do this right now and then we get off it in the summer? <laughs> I'm gonna help you get off of this. Do it now with Saturday. me. Probably help them write those lyrics. Yeah. But yeah, that, that is a brutal uh, line. You know, he 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 writes a whole bunch of kind of what the fuck will it take, drown myself in my wake, another shaggy da. You know, he's even calling himself. I'm got. I know where I'm headed. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. And I love that. It is true. Gotta change. Set a date. He. I mean, he's not stupid. No, and that's. Um, like kind of what I was mentioning earlier, where it's just like when you're in, and I'm trying not to just be like, oh yeah, well I relate totally, but I have been in those places where it's just like, oh dude, like, I, I I gotta clean this up, but let me fucking. No, there's always a but. Yeah. There's always a but, and it's he, the second you have that but, it's it's over. Yeah, he and he mentions he he mentions New Orleans, which New Orleans I heard is just just you get everything. New Orleans gotta get pincushion medicine. I u- and this is the great one. This is how a lot of us. I don't know what you call us. Uh, people think outside the box. I used to be curious. Now the shit sustenance. Mm-hmm. That's a it. tough one. Yeah. Cause like that's the that, that's the weird line. It's like I get it. Experiment. But then, I tried kombucha for the first time, and I was like, this is a little weird. Like, kombucha, it's weird, it's alcohol. Yeah. Now, I can't live without Dude, it. When, 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 when I say experiment, experiment with a healthy life. Eat vegetables, drink kale smoothies, yeah. and, and, and do okay. sit-ups every day. Like, it doesn't mean just do heroin and crack. Mm-hmm. Experiment means check out every aspect of life there is. I guess on both sides, of the, on every side of the spectrum. Uh, but apparently, New Orleans, tough town. Especially if you're a, a junkie. I, I remember uh, there was an interview with them, another one, on MTV. Dude, MTV was the shit back in the day when they actually cared about music. And uh, they were in New Orleans. And you could even see, I, I remember, like, Lane even looked like he was just kind of like, like, let's wrap this shit up. Like, I want to go out and party. It just looked like a fun town. They had a hot, like, some hot Puerto Rican chick, like, showing them pictures or something. And he was just like... Let's uh, let's no, not one of the DJs. It was fucking Ricky Ratman. Uh, um, 
Ricky Rabbit. I haven't heard that name. Right? <laughs> Last time. Yeah. That's hilarious. Uh, and and that, as far as the chorus, I like the, I can see, wish I, like you got the one, the, I can see, yeah, and then you get the other vocal. Couldn't feel it all. Responding to him. I can see, wish I couldn't see it all. I can feel, wish I couldn't feel it all. Hate to see, wish I couldn't see it all. It's that contradictory of like, God damn it. I see shit now, but I wish I wasn't here. I can feel, wish I couldn't feel it all. It's like it, it being cognizant of your downfall. Yeah, that's terrible. Slow suicide. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, I know exactly what's Where this is going. Me. I'm not stopping it. Yeah, I'm kind, of okay. I'm kind of okay with it. But I hate it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, I know what's... And, and that's the thing is like well I hate to I, feel I think uh, I, it's a Bukowski quote it's like find what you love but find what you love and let it kill you it's like if you love heroin <laughs> you know yeah yeah the, the, the only thing is hate if you love it and you kept on promoting it but it was even during this album where he was like it's done for me it's done nothing for me it ruins my life and he just kept doing it you know that's the weird thing is when you realize that there is nothing more you love but I mean you're getting a check every day every month what are you gonna what's it gonna go do go back to school fucking fuck out of here that's, that, that's the thing is like once you've seen on the other side of the fucking looking glass and it, it, in kind of that argument that we were, not argument, but that discussion we were having with the Vietnam vets. So once you go over there and you see the other side, you just come back to what is quote unquote normal. And what's normal isn't normal anymore. And then once you, I, once you fucking get on that China White, or once you see the other side, you just kind of go, that's why for me, like, psychedelics were such a big, powerful thing because. I was able to go on the quote unquote other side, but come back and but, not and not feed. And I was like, oh. but those drugs don't have that feeling. They don't. You don't get that feeling like I need to be there all the time. But, and that's what I mean. That's why. Yeah. Like, but it's not a numbing get, out. It's an opening up, awareness of. But aren't you? You're numbed out. Once you know that, that you, you're basically going on this mind adventure, and you're saying, okay, well this thing that I'm doing, this drug that I'm doing now, is taking me to this other existence, this other It's form. not the same. Those two are totally, you're totally going in like different directions. I know what you're saying, but it's not, because the, then you're, you're, what, just about the high. what you're, with the, with, the, with the psychedelics, it's not just about the high. It's the stuff that, you that you're thinking about. You're thinking on about. The other side. Right. But yeah. you're not with friends and heroin being like, look at those mountains. You're just on your own, laying back, being like, I feel nothing. This feels amazing. You're just, you're not existing in existence. Yeah. No, fair. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I'm oh. trying to see it in like the higher plane where he is. Yeah. I, I just it, don't want you to mix not, it because then you sound like the guy who just says no, all drugs. That's what drugs do. Yeah, no, yeah. exactly. I, as, again, I'm, as someone who's never done heroin, it just seems. It, it just seems to be purely for the feeling. Absolutely, or for the non-feeling, the non-feeling of, the non -feeling yeah, of feeling. Yeah, exactly. The psychedelics for me, dude. All it's depression. Been, oh, this feels great. But no. Also, I have learned. Yeah. Well, psychedelics. I'll just. I'll kind of just. I've never done heroin either, but but I've done oxycontin and shit. So, 
psychedelics, you still have anxiety. You still have your depression. You still have the shit that could bother you. Heroin, everything's gone. Everything's fine. Everything's great. Your life is, just keep doing this. It literally doesn't even matter what you You don't have bills. I have bills. Oh, give a shit. Like, it doesn't matter. I'll figure this shit out. But heroin, you're just like, I have bills. I need to get my shit. Like, you start putting shit on your life. Not, I'm not saying that's what an average trip is like, but you can, you can start going down that path. All of a sudden, you're like, damn, I need to get my shit together. Heroin is not, I need to get my shit together. It's yeah. like, I got it's it. It's the Joe Rogan bit of got like, this. psychedelics. What they'll do is they'll, they'll clean up your desktop. And give yeah. you that folder that says my old bullshit. Yeah. You can either start all from scratch or you can click right into my old bullshit. Yeah. And that's the beauty. Uh, yeah. I, 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 or your favorite band 311, file check, file check the files of my brain. Yeah. It is. It's 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 you're you're kinda going into your brain and kinda checking shit out. On this on mm-hmm. heroin, you're not. You're not like reassessing life. It's all, it's all wherever it's that... Purely... Dude, you could be down. sitting in a shit-stained, dead baby yeah. room and being like, this is oh, beautiful. Man. This is it. Yeah. If you were an acid and that was happening... No. Acid would fucking mind. Um, and, and one really sad part, I, I wrote this down and I read it somewhere, where he wrote, Lane Stanley started writing songs and hope he would his dad would return. He did. And... Uh, oh, shit, yeah, you're right. He did. And not, not, not for daddy. Yeah. Come give me a hug. Yeah. I'm gonna use you for your money. You're gonna that. There you go with heroin. Acid. You're not gonna use your boy. Use your son. Use your own kid. Who do you know is in trouble? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, that's dark. It's dark. Don't do heroin. No matter how. Don't, no matter, no matter how much it. George keeps on trying to sell it. Just don't do it. It's just not. Gonna, do it's it. not gonna work out. Alright. Anyways, let's go to the next song where he was on heroin while he was singing. This yeah. this is the two confirmed songs. I, did I mention that on um, D- Down in Hole? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see. There were two songs that Sean Kenny, the drummer, said that Lane said he was high. Actually high when he sang. Down in the Hole and uh, Angry Chair. Cool. Uh, yeah, I'm yay. And and you were asking about and you were asking about does Lane Stanley play guitar? He doesn't, but he does. He wrote Angry Chair. So hold on, let me just quickly go. He if this song ends, just go right into it. Um, but he Lane Stanley wrote this song. It's it's very easy. It's two notes. Um, but this is a Lane Stanley written lyric song, Angry Chair.
and quick correction, uh, Hate to Feel, too, was also written by Lane Sandler, music. So these le- these next two. So not only did he, you know, we're going down the Lane Stanley side of the album, uh, write the lyrics, but he actually wrote the, the main riffs. You know, and basic, kind of easy riffs, but it, it sets this nice kind of mood for him to uh, express his, uh, his darkness. Angry Chair. It sounds like a song he's putting himself on trial. You know, it's this kind of like, it's almost like a trial where he's just, here's all my shit that I've done fucking horrible. I'm a dull boy, work all day. A reflection. Yeah, a reflection song. Sitting on an angry chair, angry walls that sealed the air, stomach hurts and I don't care. What do I see across the way? See myself molding the clay, stares at me, yeah, I'm afraid. Changing the shape of his face, candles red, I have a pair. Shadows dancing everywhere, burning on the angry chair. And then he goes into his childhood. Little boy made a mistake. Pink cloud now turned to gray. Yeah, it's really dark. It's kind of go back to Rogan thing, too, where you think everyone just started off as a kid. It's weird that Lance Sand was just a boy, just like all of us. And then he's just got this. <laughs> but it just kind of goes to show, like, what was going on in Seattle or the Pacific Northwest in the... You know, late seventies, early eighties. Well, especially for music, like these musicians that came out of there, where it's just like, and, and still, nothing's really changed in Vancouver and in, in, in Seattle. It's still a very like, very opioid-heavy area. Yeah, and it's gotta just be the weather, man. Yeah, I, my my lady. Uh, is a funeral director and she worked in Seattle for 14 years before she moved down here and she had to move because it was too much suicide like out of control yeah it's weather and then when you get depressed you do drugs and then when you do drugs you get yourself like what's the incentive to go out and like if you're like in heroin and I'm like you just go out and you're like Nice. Yeah, I'll go for a hike. Yeah. Maybe I'll go to the beach. Just, yeah. You know. yeah, even if I'm at least I'm in the sun, at least I'm getting some vitamin B and C. Or like, you're like already wealthy, so you can kind of just waste away, yeah. rich. But if you're just a guy that's trying to just getting by, not that I mean he was making good money, obviously. But, but it's clearly an epidemic. Yeah. You're just like fuck this. Dude. Well, I mean, Kirk Cobain did say weather changes moods. Mm-hmm. We all, y'all feel that. I, I, I see people complain in L.A. when it gets cloudy one day here. Uh, They're like I can't do it. I uh, can't handle the clouds. It's like it's been cloudy one I've day. Got, I've got pain. I've got things to do in my life. <laughs> it's been cloudy. Uh. I don't know. Is there something about heroin and like eating up your stomach or something? Oh yeah, because terrible stomach pains. Is that yeah from heroin? Directly? Yeah, uh, like Cobain. How does that? Like, I mean that that, that, that was like, more a natural so thing, but I guess it yeah I guess it fucks up your help. yeah. yeah. That, I, you're eating uh, shit. Yeah. You're not eating. You're barely eating. Yeah. I'm sure the chemicals. But Cobain actually had a legit stomach problem pre heroin, so he did that to help his. Yeah, yeah I just saw that. I, yeah. And the thing that's really cool about this song, just in the darky voice, he's got the slight delay, so it's just kind of. On his voice. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's everything's kind of swirling. It's a very enveloped. You know, you're envo- enveloped in this kind of vortex of a, a wall of sound. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very simple song. It's one, two, three, four, chord change. It's E and F, I think. It's just a very core change. E, F, E, 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 E. You know, there's not much going on. 
but it just sets that the background guitar and it's his vocals telling this weird story loneliness is not a phase feel the pain is where it grace serenity is far away saw my reflection and cried hey so little hope that i died oh feeding me your lies open wide hey weight of my heart not the size i like that weight of my heart not the size well it even goes kind of you know we we all have talked about corporate corporations and all that they, they were hitting this up before corporate prison we stay i'm a dull boy work all day so I'm strung out anyway. Like, that's, a lot, that's a lot of the working class shining, people. Like I'm just, shining. I'm doing shit work. I don't have a great marriage, whatever. Like this is the one thing that I feel alive on. Mm-hmm. And I don't mind. Mm-hmm. Like, well, yeah, it's that, it's what's your alternative? Like, what are you, yeah, you're going to work that up, that nine to five job and just yeah. waste the way to your yeah. dad? Or are going to do this? There's no, it's, it's at the end of the day and like what seems to be the, Revolving theme around our podcast, and maybe we should just change our name of our podcast to "You're Gonna Die Someday." It's uh, <laughs> no matter what, it just seems like we can always go to that phase. But it's just like, all right, we're all, all of us are gonna end up a big pile of bones one day. We're all gonna work, just fucking try to figure out the best we can do, or not even the best we can do, but just like let's just get fucking through this bullshit. Are you going to go work at a job you hate for fucking 75 years and then fucking die of a heart attack at your desk? Or are you going to go try heroin and die at fucking, you know, 29? Is there a right way to live a life? Who the fuck's to say? Probably not. Probably you don't want to be the 29 year old dying. Ultimately, you would rather want to be the well, fucking dude working at a miserable job dying at his desk yeah. because you get to live long. I, I think but so. Is that the better way? I, Who I, the fuck knows? There's not, there's definitely not a right or wrong answer, but the thing is, when you get older, you realize it doesn't have to be um, as exciting. You, like it doesn't, you don't have to have this flash of brilliance. All of a sudden, you just realize how it is, how nice it is, and it sounds gay nowadays, but how nice it is to walk out with a nice breeze and the trees and birds singing. Like I walk with Jill, and I'm like, listen to that bird. Like I like birds singing in the sky, not sober. even on acid. Sober, sober, yeah. and like I like morning doves. Yeah, but when you're when you're twenties, it's just like fucking. Live. You guys are bored. Everything's fucking bored, and, and I still get that vibe. But you, the older you get, but the older you get, you the, the older the older you are. You're like, I'm still here. Fuck yeah, this is dope. I actually want to stay here, even though it's not as what you thought was exciting actually gets boring. Ah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, that's the, and that's the thing is like. With all these like heroin addicts, they're fucking dudes in their twenties. Yeah. At the end of the day, no matter what, it's still dudes in their twenties. Yeah. I'm 26 years old. Yeah. And I see like what, what was what, what was I thinking at 22 or like these people who are famous people are like under 23 years old. Like, oh, what do they say today? Blah blah. You're yeah. fucking 20. If I went, what the fuck are you possibly? If you know? were a heroin addict and you were like Charlie, come over to my heroin addict place, and I'd be like, oh, I'm gonna go <laughs> hang out with George tonight, and I'm like, oh look, all his buddies are shooting up heroin, I'd be like. I'm gonna go watch Netflix with my girl. Yeah. I'm gonna rather do that. Like, you guys do what you wanna do. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. There's not the, like, oh, they live in the new expanded life. No. Like, yeah. No. But there is something in, yeah. as someone, but it's just like you still like are looking. There's it's there's something temporal and and uh, not infinite, finite, finite, finite. Uh, of youth, right? Yeah. So these guys are in their twenties. Uh, 
But they're also not just guys in their 20s working. They're trying to make new creative stuff, so they want to be creative, right? They're not just but a guy. That's not new. That's nothing new. Right. That's something new. But in, in recording always... music, it is. Recording music's new. The, the Beatles were their, you know, 60s, 50s. Okay, they recorded music, but... Making sounds as young, recorded. As far as young people... Yeah. Creating art. Young people are the ones who create art. Right. Because they're inspired, because they, they uh, their eyes are open to the world, all that shit. So, you, you, these dudes who fucking... I'm older than these guys at this point. Are writing songs about, uh, about fucking life is whatever, dude. It doesn't matter. It's like, you fucking moron. You're 20 years old in the... Heroin's the only way to go and all that shit. It's just like, ah, it, 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 you're so dumb. Yeah. I can tell these guys, you're fucking dumb, dude. Yeah. Like, you think this is the way to live? I didn't know you're being a judgmental prick, but it's like, oh, I, at the end of the day, the older I get, the more I realize I don't want to hear what young people have to say. Yeah. Well, but then, I know, but then. You become an old guy. Yeah, then you're, you're the problem. Exactly. I don't want to hear exactly. what you have to say anymore. Then that, that's not live good. Live a little. Live yeah. a little. I, I know. It's, yeah. it's about it's all. It's it's just like, oh, this twenty-six-year-old, this twenty-five-year-old saying, "Oh, life is so hard." Yeah. He hasn't lived in my shoes, motherfucker. I can see that, and I can see myself getting to that point. Yeah. And, but that's the beauty of youth is the, the end of the world. No matter what it is, it's the end of the world. I I oh. Though though people still is we all chase that. As we see in Facebook, people still complain about the world's gonna end with Donald Trump being elected. Older people still they have a new way of doing it. Instead of to themselves, it's the government that's gonna end it. Like there's always this new thing that's gonna end it. Every generation look, it's every time. That's the look. Um, anyways, angry chair is him putting himself on trial for being a fucking douchebag. He realizes he's being a young fucking. That's, at least he's calling himself out for being the young douchebag. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and that's and but that just shows kind of the depravity, the depravity, the depravity yeah. of addiction, where you can be cognizant. And still just be like, ah, but I can't. Yeah. I can't. And you can put yourself on a trial all you want. And, but it's just. Yeah, and it's that John Cougar Mellencamp song, The Little Pink Houses, the whole, the when the thrill of life is gone. There's that, you still have that whole other, that, that thrill of excitement of life, that youth. Is actually short, and the the whole rest of your life is a lot more monotonous and slow. And you need to find beauty in that, like the whole excitement of going out and partying and fucking yeah, and fucking people and just whatever. That's a great time, but that's uh, compared to uh, an average life, it's one fourth. How much damage is done? Yeah. In the grand scheme of human beings, it was like. And how many people don't make it through there? Nineteen to twenty-nine. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Like, that's why that 18 to 35 is a demographic. demographic, yeah. You know? And, and there's a sexiness. There's a, uh, there's a... Well, you look good. You're, you, you, you're sexy. Yeah. You're fucking full of life. You're not decaying. You know what it is? That you're not in decayness yet. Once you start decaying, you have a little more appreciation of how many more years left. But when you're a beautiful young man, I'll live forever. You're just like, look at these boring people over here complaining. Look at me. Mm-hmm. Women love me. Mm-hmm. Men, like a men listen to me. Yeah. Women want me. Men want to be like me. Yeah. Yep. 
All I want is to play, so I'm strung out anyways. All I do is win, win, win. But at least you put yourself on trial. That's called reflection, people. You should do that every once in a while. Check up on yourself. It's yeah, maybe uh, blame yourself for some things. It's okay to be. Sh it's okay to have shame. Oh. Oh, that's yeah. Shame is what makes you a better person. Oh my God, I've realized yeah, so much stupid. Obviously, shit. there is a fine line in being shamed and shame, but this movement of shame is a bad thing is not true. The things that you feel shamed about are chances are they're things you should be shameful about, whether it's your health or your, uh, your behavior. There's nothing wrong with a little shame. And to think that, oh, well, oh, well, I can just do whatever I want and I don't want to be shamed. You're not reflecting and you're not becoming better. Yeah. When you think, oh, I'm going to live my life and go fuck yourself and I can do whatever the fuck I want because then you're an asshole. Yep. Show your friends shame. Okay show your girlfriend. Shamed. Show your family. Show them a little shame. You can't. Shame is self inflicted. Someone can't shame you. If, if someone, if you think someone can shame you, no. you, if you don't care that if you do fine, if you feel like that's just fine, then that's not shame. Then, then those people are just assholes. But if you are feeling shamed about something, there's a very good chance that you should be shameful about that. That's all I'm saying. Heroin use and all that shit use. Stan is putting himself on a fucking stand here. He feels shame about being on a And how much he's he hurt other doing. people. Exactly. God knows how he was affecting other people. And that's important. Shame is important. Let's just remember that before everything's shaming and this, this, and that. Shame has its place. Not saying go fucking tell everybody, hey, you're a piece of shit, you're a piece of shit. But don't, shame has its place. Throw shame in a hole. When you can throw out, you're a piece of shit every once in a while. It keeps people fucking on their toes. Yeah, don't don't keep building yourself up all day. Oh yeah, go fuck yourself. That's what you do all day. Gross. It's all right. A little inflection. Let's uh, before we preach any more <laughs> about life, I'm sorry. The last three songs we have just been on a roller coaster. Yeah, no kidding. We're gonna end this with the last song, and one of my favorite songs of the '90s. I know it's one of the big ones. It's not a deep track, but it's a fucking great song. And I, I like the trade. We'll get into the specifics, but I like the trade off where uh, Cantrell actually sings the verses and then whatever. We'll get into it. Uh, you all know this one. Wood? Question mark?
let's just listen to this one more time right here. The Into the Flood again. It's one of my favorite choruses. favorite intro. I know. Wood. It was off the single soundtrack. This is a song dedicated to Andrew Wood. Written for Andrew Wood. So this motherfucker, he's dead, so rest in peace. But he had this song and Say Hello to Heaven from uh, Temple of the Dog. Two of the greatest songs of the Seattle oh, movement. I didn't know that. Yeah. Because oh. Chris Cornell was, that was his roommate. Andrew Wood, yeah. Guy. So they were all homies. Um, so this was directed towards him. His last name was Andrew Wood, Wood, W-O-O-D. and it's also Would You Go Down the Same Path. Um, oh, Andrew Wood from Mother Love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, so he has two. He has room. two fucking huge songs directed yeah. towards him. Yeah. Um, the song is. It sounds like it directed towards people who pass judgment on other people. You know, just it, it's that would would you. If you were in my shoes, would you end up the same way? You know, yeah. Yeah. I, you, you're giving me shit, but would you? You're lucky you were born in those shoes. How would you react? It's got the the tribal drums again, that kind of rumbling bass. Um, and and here the vocals again. Here let's, they do the the long and they jump in. At the end, they jump in. So, Cantrell singing. And then, and then the big swell. Hell of a chorus. And I, I think you could do the same old trip it was back then. You could do that for drugs. You could do that for every mistake you've done. You've cheated. You've lied to someone. You've done this before. I've, I've been here, and I said I wasn't going to be here again. <laughs> what do you know? Yeah. yeah. I love the, the back and forth. Like, uh, singing wise. Yeah. And it's Jerry Cantrell. This is a Jerry Cantrell singing song. It's his lead voice. Right here. Oh, no. Jer- uh, Lane, yeah, Lane sings the chorus, but, but Lane jumps on the end of them. But that chorus is so Lane, it's like no one could do that. And the guitar is swell. It's great production. No me broken by my master, choose the child, love her after. It's just kind of a song about a, a lost person trying to find their right way. I mean, yeah. what is the right way? No Am one I knows. Wrong? Have I run too far to get home? Well, yeah. This. Have I gone? Yeah, I actually don't have much else to say. I think it's the song that speaks for itself. So we can play this outro. Um, the part that George is saying, the "Am I wrong? Have I run too far to get home? Have I left?" Like it's one of my favorite endings ever. And it, it, it's the song's kind of drifting and it goes super heavy. Want to just go out? Yeah. 
Yeah, we'll go out. A minute 30 left. Uh, thank you guys for listening to Allison Chains podcast. Or not Allison Chains podcast. This music podcast. Uh, Allison Chains. We'll go out. Uh, see you in the next episode. Black Side of Falling 4. Bye. Bye. That's my mic, sorry. Go. It's what? It's who is it? Uh, this is Eddie Vedder uh, of Pearl Jam. The the day he learned, the day that they got the news that uh, Lane Stanley died for 2002. 420, man. Yeah, that's kind of weird, but he actually died for five the same day that uh, Kurt Cobain died. But anyways, he, you know, he was depressed. He uh, grabbed his guitar, wrote a quick song, and it's weird. It's, it's a love to... Uh, to Lane, but it's also a fuck you to everyone that copied his style, and uh, there will never be another one like him. So uh, it's kind of I like seeing that just a raw motion song written out of nowhere by Pearl Jam or by uh, Eddie Vedder to Lane Staley. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Staley.
Bye.